Decide the topic. From love chat for Matt to the hate in your heart. I can't believe it. There are no limits. You can be nice. I love legends. You can be mean. I don't give a fuck. Or you can blow it all up. Every Wednesday at 9, it gets crazy when you get their number and you can call them maybe. And now, here they are, Matt Christensen and Blonde. Hello and welcome to the show. It is the call-in show, the show where you get our number and we are at your mercy. Hello, Blonde. It is so hot. Hmm. Well, my condolences. I want what is to... this summer? It's making me believe in global warming. Just kidding. <laughs> the Inflation Reduction Act is going to bail you out. Don't worry. Just <laughs> give it a know. give it a few more days. It was officially signed yesterday. And uh, before we get too deep into the show, I just want to congratulate myself for properly unmuting my mic this time. I'm. Uh, it's. I need a thing. You on the did wall, it. Like you know, X amount of days. <laughs> well, opening the show correctly. Got to give myself credit for that. Uh, how much have you paid attention to the Liz Cheney stuff? Uh, very little. Basically, what my husband told me. Oh man, this is amazing. I I did can't get enough. Anything happened today? Uh, no. She well, she did an interview on NBC this morning that is just comedy gold. Uh, it, it was like so. At yes. The, at the end of the interview, they were asking her, "Hey, Liz, aren't you just like Obi Wan Kenobi in Star Wars? Now that you've been struck down, haven't you become even more powerful? Aren't you just like Obi Wan?" <laughs> <laughs> she's just going to be a layperson now. How is she going to have more power? Because she's going to she's doing some project that's she's doing some political project that's named after Lincoln, but it's not the Lincoln project because they're a bunch of pedos. <laughs> but it basically has the same goals: stopping Trump and touching kids. I think is okay. Uh, yeah, well, maybe maybe she's going into a career in that because that seems female like, pedophiles, man. They're few and far between. But yeah, there's a there's a real niche market there for for her. I would think. Uh, but when you when you reach full TDS, it seems like that's the career trajectory. No, I can't wait to talk about some of that stuff on Sunday because she's still in this delusional mindset. She keeps saying the only I could have won this election easily because she lost by like 35 percentage points. Yeah, massive. I knew that. And yeah. if you look at the data, I, I was looking through some of it last night, like Teton County, Jackson. There are a lot of Democrats that usually goes blue because yeah. that's just the San Francisco of the Rocky Mountains, more or less Jackson, Wyoming. And. There were only there there was uh, obviously a Democrat primary, too, for their congressional candidate. Now, it could be that they know the Democrat candidate's just not going to win. So they don't bother and they don't turn out. But there was a movement for Democrats to switch their registration to help Liz Cheney. And in Teton County, which is one of the more populous counties in Wyoming, and I know that means like 50 people live there instead of 10. <laughs> but they only had a few hundred people turning out in their Democrat primary. Uh -huh. Which to me implies that lots of them did try to help Liz Cheney. It also How looked many? like this like happened 100? in no thousand, like potentially thousands. Seriously, Maybe. She I don't want to overstate much popular support. I don't want to overstate it because I can't conclusively say that they did, but the numbers suggest that happened in a reasonably large quantity. Right. And uh, <laughs> if that's true, if Liz Cheney got potentially like thousands of Democrat assistance votes in the Republican primary and still got wrecked. To the tune of 35%. That's just hilarious. Well, she's and, unlikable. And she keeps saying, well, I could have won easily, but I couldn't go along with Trump's lie. You didn't. 
nobody cared if you disagreed with Trump about whether the election was legitimate or not. It's the fact that you led this ridiculous effort to paint yes, anyone yeah. who supports Trump as an insurrectionist. As an insurrectionist, exactly. You, if she would have just said one thing after the fact. Yeah. And then and then done nothing. People would have immediately forgotten about it. Yeah, exa- there are lots of Republicans who are like, mm, I don't know the election. I'm not convinced it was stolen, but, you know, we'll uh, we'll move on from that. There are lots of Republicans who hold that perspective. They still win or they're still in a winning position. Liz Cheney yeah. is in full denial. And she was asked in that interview this morning. Well, our polls show that Wyoming voters say you've just lost touch. They say they don't care about January 6th. They say that they care about issues X, Y, and Z, and you're not uh, you're not going to Congress to fight for what matters to Wyoming. It's as simple as that. And she said, no, no, they just don't understand until <laughs> until we resolve January 6th. There's no other issue that matters. So sorry. Do you think you she know? really believes that? I bet that she's getting some kind of financial incentive or some, some other incentive. It's, it's, nobody it's, really believes that, right? It's a pure comedy show. And... The only thing that's funnier than Liz Cheney herself is watching the Twitter parade or just social media in general of progressives and blue checks praising her. And suddenly they love not just her, but her dad, too. <laughs> oh, Dick Cheney. You know, I didn't always we were agree wrong with him. about him. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, did you see him showing up with his daughter at the polls in Jackson yesterday? Hmm. Ooh, I mean, it's not like he was in. It's not like he was a great looking man prior, but it looks like the last years have been even more rough on Dick Cheney. He if if we're going to go with Star Wars metaphors, he is the Darth Sidious and she's the Vader or she's, you know, maybe the Anakin turning Vader or whatever. Yeah. For her to be Obi-Wan, who's her dad? Yeah, really? I don't know. It's not an attractive family. No, uh, he he looks it looks like the last few years have been really rough for him. He's he's super old. He's got to be in his late 80s now. Uh, I don't know. I, I I actually have no idea how old he is. I'll look that up and then I'll delay no more. I know I'm talking a lot here, but uh, he's uh, 81. Just, 81. That's still younger than Nancy Pelosi, isn't it? Or right about that's the same. crazy. Dick Cheney looks like shit for an 81 year old. Yeah, Nancy Pelosi's like older. Nancy Pelosi's older than Dick Cheney by almost a year. That's shocking. <laughs> All right. We will uh, get to your calls. Uh, you guys know how the call-in show works, but if you are new to the show, there are instructions for how to participate in the description of whatever video platform you may be viewing on. Uh, if you would like to participate, but you can't do it live, you're having trouble getting in live, of course, you can send us an email question. The way to do that is through the contact page of the website. Look for the call-in show question form. That's at mattchristensenmedia.com slash contact. Again, the call-in show question form is what you're looking for. We will stop every half hour to catch up with your super chats, and we'll catch up with your email questions at the end of the show. Until then, we will see what the callers have on their minds. First up, while wow, we're just good, we're getting right into it. Phil, Phil, hey, what's on your mind? Oh, boy. Lots of things. But uh, recently, I saw that uh, Switzerland was having some problems because they uh, basically gave up their their neutrality over this Ukraine situation. Oh. They've done so well. I didn't know know that. that They were... uh, So, it's not that they exactly gave up their neutrality, but Russia doesn't recognize them as as exactly as neutral as they used to be. Because they mirrored all the sanctions of the other Western countries. This is going to be a dumb question, but is Switzerland non-NATO? I believe they're not NATO, right? They'd be. Okay. They're, they're not NATO, they're, yeah. Right, they're completely neutral altogether. 
Hmm. And uh, the reason I bring that up is just the um, there we're there's times where countries or officials will make decisions and have uh, absolutely no idea where the where it's going to go, like the uh, the situation's going to go. And it seems like Switzerland's got themselves in that particular spot where they've they've traded away what they had for uh, like they traded away their neutrality for uh, lollipops and fancy pants and all of a sudden realize that maybe the neutrality was a good thing to have after all. What did they do? What actions have they taken? Well, they, they mirrored the sanctions. Normally they wouldn't sanction countries when other Western countries decided to. Mm -hmm. So in this particular case, um, I'm sure we all remember back when Russia decided to attack Ukraine that a bunch of different, well, basically NATO decided to start sanctioning Russia. Um, and Switzerland just mirrored all those things. When in prior eras, they would have um, not done that. They would have just said, "We'll negotiate. We can negotiate with anybody, um, but we're not taking sides on this one." And in this particular case, they seem to have taken taken a side. So when they say their neutrality was not just neutrality as it relates to say military action, they were neutral economically. That was their official yes. position. That's interesting. Because I, I would think like if you're kind of a pacifist, uh, that refusal to purchase goods or provide goods might be seen as like a, a pacifist, an acceptable pacifist method of using your influence. Like it's not it's not uh, force or violence. It's just abstaining from an exchange. But yeah, well, I, don't I didn't know, know that exactly was that was pacifist. the policy. I don't know if I they're guess, exactly pacifist, though. But yeah, they yeah. I guess maybe I'm confusing neutrality stuff. and pacifism. They're not exactly the same thing. Right. I guess they, I'm not sure what the dictionary definition of pacifism is, but usually they're not going to war over stuff. Yeah. But obviously Switzerland will defend themselves if it comes to it. Hmm. Okay. Uh, is there anything, anything else on that topic? That's new. That's new to me. So I don't know anything about that, but that's really interesting. Well, it's, it's just interesting that Everybody, like basically all of our political enemies went all in on supporting Ukraine over Russia. And I think we have something of an idea of, of why that is. And it hasn't exactly gone the way that we were told it was going to go, that we were told that we're going to send all this aid to Ukraine and we're going to we're going to crush Russia forever. Um, and it hasn't quite gone that way. I, I saw a lot of there's a lot of men dying over over uh, somebody else's fever dreams in Washington or Tel Aviv or whoever's running the show right now. Another uh, five point five billion just authorized. What? Another? Yeah, that's what I saw. I don't know oh, if that's man. I don't know if that's uh, like financial or if that's five point five billion, uh, the value of say weapons aid being provided or something like that. Oh, God. But um, and honestly, I don't even see that much news about it anymore. What is the status of the war? What's even going on? The last last I heard, there there's more artillery and shelling going on. I haven't kept up with it as closely as I probably should have. Hmm. Well, no, don't I'm pay not, attention and just keep sending them money. It seems like that is how, what they what, what they want what us all to be doing. What are we at total here? It's got to be. It's got to be up there. What? Like the first one was like fifty 40, billion. Yeah, something like that. So we got to be pushing like uh, a trillion dollars. No, definitely not that. At least on the record, not that. Wait, wait, high. but maybe like hundred billion. Yeah, maybe a hundred billion. See, we're Got getting into like numbers that I can't even yeah, well, theorize. How, whenever it's the federal billion. government, they're nonsense numbers. 
So well, I forget. I forget if you guys talked about it the other week or not, but somebody in a, an official capacity came out and said like maybe thirty percent of the money makes it to the front lines. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that, and where does it go? I, I was looking at that, and I ended up talking about some <laughs> other stuff. But it, CBS reported it too. It wasn't like some, you know, some uh, less reputable website, as they might say. But then they got challenged by some Ukrainian. NGO or whoever it was that reported that to them challenged them and CBS retracted the story and deleted the video post on Twitter. And it seems like it was just political pressure as opposed to factual inaccuracy. Should probably go back and look at that. That's ridiculous. I'm I'm not unsympathetic to the Ukrainians defending their homeland. Uh, I just, it's, it seems to me to be a real shame that so many uh, good Ukrainian men are dying so that Washington can get kickbacks. Well, and that that seems like the only certain thing is that someone is getting very, very wealthy off of this or many, many people. But that seems to be <laughs> we're just supposed to pretend that there wasn't rampant corruption in Ukraine forever before this. And that yeah. that has nothing to do with any of this. So we're just going to throw money into this money pit and act like. Corrupt it's going to the are, right places or yeah. we can afford it or this matters on the on the world on a world scale it's so preposterous yeah yeah well any anyway, uh that, any final thoughts from you uh not really um keep keep up the good work and uh, we'll talk to you again in a couple weeks maybe well thank you and thanks for supporting the show as always appreciate it yep. bye thanks man Okay, next up is uh, Michigan Expat. Mr. Expat, are you there? Good evening, Christensen Nation. How you two doing? We are well. Good How are you? And what about Blonde Nation? We can't yeah, discriminate. <laughs> you're, part of, you're part of the Christensen Nation, Blonde, right? Oh, I yeah. don't know. It's fine. <laughs> anyway. I have yeah, hitched I my wagon to the star, so okay. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I just kind of wanted to you know, shoot the breeze, whatever. I mean, dude, it's like, you know, yes, me. I mean, well, first off, you know, anxious about the whole thing going on with Trump. You know, don't don't know how that's you know going to turn out. You know, tomorrow I know people in the middle of- uh, tomorrow's the hearing. They they're they're considering unsealing the affidavit, though. Even mm-hmm. if they did, which I I don't expect that they will, but even if they did, uh, how many lines are going to be redacted? Place your bets now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and then that it's like I know plenty of people in the military. You know, some of them are here on Discord. Some of them are associated with my local Republican party organization. I mean, they're all telling me, I mean, it's going to be flipping Ragnarok around the same time of the midterms this year. I mean, they're fully, they're fully expecting, you know, that's, that's, that's the, that's the euphemism we're going to use as Ragnarok. So, you know, I'm uh, not too, not too optimistic about that either. So, okay. But uh, yeah, (laughs) other than that, I mean, so in other words, brace yourselves, brace yourselves, you know? So Hmm. other than that, it's just like, I don't know, man. It's like, you know, face diaper mandates and uh, social distancing mandates and all that garbage. I mean, just like really trained people to be like belligerent and deranged towards each other. And now that, you know, those mandates have all been rescinded and only about maybe 10 to 20 percent of the people in my area still wear face diapers. You know, people are finding other that reasons. High. People are getting other reasons to, you know, get confrontational with each other. I mean, it's just like hmm. I just had to. I was just at the flipping supermarket the other day. I mean, you know, I'm waiting in line. You know, I'm waiting for the person at the counter to finish their business. You know, they walk away. And the guy, and as soon as that person walks away, the guy behind me, the New Yorker behind me, you know, flipping uh, 
John Madden or whoever his name is, you know, the fat football guy, you know, white gray hair. You know, as soon as he that died, person walks away from the, yeah. <laughs> as soon as soon as as soon as that black woman walks away from the counter, that guy behind me, that New Yorker, he's like, you gonna walk up to that counter or what? And then of course, so I do, you know, I don't bother, you know, responding to him or entertaining him, whatever. But you know, he follows me like step for step up to that counter. And of course, you know, I turn around to him and I'm like, you got a problem or something? And then of mm -hmm. course, you know, kind of get kind of get into a verbal altercation. You know, he decides to you know, F off, thankfully, but, uh, but I was like, yeah, you know, I was just like, you know, go on back to New York, you know, it's like, I don't know about you, but in the Southeast here, I mean, blonde, you know, you worried about black people in the Southeast. Uh, -uh. You have to worry about all the people coming from New England down here. You need, you need, to, you need to worry about all the New Yorkers and Jerseys and Massachusetts. So it's like a California problem. Like That's probably California fair. Problem we have here, yeah. Immig yeah. Immigrants within the U S yeah. Uh, and then of course, uh, I mean, I have, I've been, I've been really forced to eat some shit sandwiches in the past, you know, two months, whatever it's been since the last time I was on. I mean, it's like, and of course, you know, traffic, I mean, traffic's awful down here, but it's like, you know, this guy, like, there's this one time this guy cuts in front of me, right? You know, he cuts in front of me, I give him the horn, he gives me the finger, and, uh, you know, so eventually when I have a chance to get around him, and of course, you know, he breaks, you know, he, he breaks, you know, slams on the on the brakes, you know, like, hey, asshole, hit me, you know, yeah. uh, you know, the second I give him the horn. So eventually, you know, I figure out how to pass him. And of course, when I try passing him, it's like as soon as my left bumper crosses that that uh, dividing line, he flipping accelerates, hits me in the <laughs> bumper. He hits his front right cheek on my left ass cheek. And wait, wait you actually then, collided. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, no. he, oh, shit. he accelerated. He oh, accelerated I've totally and he, and he I've totally me. done that. Oh, if he, well, if he hit you, me. that's a problem. But I've totally done the uh, for people that are uh, aggressive drivers. And I'm not saying you were, but I've totally done the uh, accelerate upon attempted pass bit because it, it's um, it's it can be hilarious. It's not advised. I'm not advising reckless driving on anybody's part, but yeah. I, I view it as a fair counter to a reckless driver. Yeah, it's just yeah, and of course you know when the when the police are investigating it, you know I have you know the state the state trooper and the city municipal police trying to decide whose jurisdiction it is, and obviously uh, the city the city end up ends up yielding to the state trooper. You know the state trooper is you know some Carlos or Pedro or whatever, and of course he sides with the guy who hit me, telling me you know I was the one at fault because uh, he's like why would a wait guy he hit his... you from behind? Yeah, yeah he did. How yeah, could you did. possibly be? How at could fault? you possibly? Did he say you reversed into him? No, I mean, we, I mean, we were on, I mean, we were on the highway, whatever, you know, going hmm. like, you know, 60, whatever, but, uh, I mean, but, but yeah, so the, the, the cop, uh, makes me eat the blame on that one. And his reasoning was, you know, why would some guy with his wife and his child, you know, endanger his wife and his child, you know, uh, you know, hitting, you know, purposes, you know, intentionally hitting somebody in traffic. The cop, the cop was like, you know, I don't, I don't believe that. Well, it doesn't and matter. Like, Even if you slammed on your brakes and he uh, rear ends you, it's, it's still, still his fault. His yeah. fault. But yeah, I still, you know, I still ended up having to pay a ticket and whatever. And, you know, now, now I'm in a whole rigor, rigmarole with my insurance company. And, and this has been, I mean, this happened like mid, middle of last month, about a, about a month ago, actually to the, to the date. But, uh, I mean, I'm still going through the rigmarole with, hmm. uh, my insurance company. And of course, you know, getting the damage fixed, you know, I, I have to eat, you know, I have to eat that myself as well. So yeah, not, uh, not having, not having a fun time down here. So, but. Well, I'm sorry to hear it. Oh, for sure. Oh, for but, sure. Uh, I mean, yeah. Wow. I appreciate okay. that. I appreciate well, that. That's. But. I'm sure. I'm sure things will get better. Have you? Uh, are you? Have you? Are you working? You found a place to live. All that. You got like the basics covered. 
I mean, no, I'm still, I'm still looking for a job again. You know, hmm. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm George Costanza. You know, I live with my, you know, I'm unemployed and I live with my parents. You know, that's, uh, no. that's, 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 that's my, uh, that's my, that's my tagline when some uh, chick tries hitting on me. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm unemployed and I, and I live with my parents. Well, this is Joe Biden's America. We walk down the sidewalk, people are just throwing jobs at you. What's the matter? You, you must be turning down people left and right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, it's like you know, I get these offers in my email. But then, you know, I contact them, you know, we talk and then, you know, I never hear back from them. You know, I try following up with them, still don't hear anything back from them. You know, I just, you know, I just get ghosted. I mean, I get freaking ghosted. Hmm. Oh, man. Well, better luck to you. And uh, I appreciate it. <laughs> better traffic experiences, too. I'm yeah. sorry to hear it. Yeah. But uh, let's just hope let's just hope we don't have a uh, Ragnarok to look forward to by the end of the year. You know, <laughs> well, you said it, not me. So yeah. uh, I don't know. I'll be watching out. But uh, yeah. Fed, anyway. fed, fed, yeah. fed, you, you fed, two, uh, fed. You two take care, okay? Thank you, you man. Talk to you later. Bye. That reminds me of my uh, grocery store experience from a couple weeks ago, which I have not oh, yeah. shared on air, but it would take me like, um, maybe, uh, TLDR so I can clue in the audience. Uh, there was a crazy woman who nearly ran my whole family over outside of a Safeway, and, uh, and I ended up confronting her, and she told, and this is walking right out, like, I'm talking about your normal grocery store setup, walking right out out front of the grocery store and she's going i swear at least 30 to 40 miles an hour like right in front of the grocery store and she missed the cart by probably no more than a couple feet and if she had clipped that cart my infant son would have gone splattering onto the asphalt and she argued with me telling me it was our fault for recklessly walking out of the grocery store uh I was under the impression that cars yield to pedestrians, especially in areas of high pedestrian traffic. And this insane woman told me she doesn't care about my baby. (laughs) How you didn't beat her to death. Uh, She, you know, the, uh, the shaking scene in uh, airplane, she could have used that. Um, There's more details of the story, but that's pretty much it. And I did tell blonde, uh, this happened like two to three weeks ago. And, um, I've never, I mean, I did call her a fucking psycho. I yelled at her, but I went actually approached her and she's like, and and she said, uh, do you have something to say to me? And I said, yeah, you're a fucking psycho. No, I didn't go right there. I said, you you nearly hit my whole family. So a little more caution would be appreciated. I did not go in hot, but when she started telling me that it was my family's fault for almost getting hit by her car in a parking lot. And that she doesn't care about my family. I thought, you know where you belong? Waukesha, Wisconsin. Yeah, you have seriously. A, you have a promising career there. I would head out immediately. Ooh. But she had the audacity to start arguing. How long have you been here? I was born and raised. Uh, I've been here a long time. Also, I don't care if Does my family's matter? on this vacation. Is totally irrelevant. It, it, Somebody in the live chat asked if it was Anne Heche. That's another thing. And I know I'm, okay, I'll, be, I'll be quick. <laughs> I can talk more about that story another time. There are more details, but that's basically it. This Anne Hache thing. Okay. As far as I understand, she did a lot of drugs and hauled ass through a a residential area and crashed into a house. Mm -hmm. And all I see are tributes to this woman. She could have killed many people. I'm not saying I'm glad she's dead, but this could have been way. She is not worthy of tribute after that. That is insane, reckless behavior. She is worthy of condemnation. And the only thing we should be thankful for is that nobody was killed by her recklessness. That's true, but she paid the ultimate price for her, and she was a, a lifelong drug addict and hmm. had familial drug addiction. Well, she also had a really fucked up life. That's not an excuse, but 
I, I'm dead, just so I'm just matter. tired of this praise. That is not a praiseworthy thing. I don't care if she was great in movies 20, 30 years ago, whatever yeah. it was. I don't even know who the hell she is. But by the, she was Ellen's girl. Yeah, weren't they lesbian? Like they were, they were in a lesbian and relationship. She married or a man. I don't. Oh. I don't know. Anyway, let's get more wholesome. Let's talk to Raggle Fraggle because Raggle Fraggle has uh, Raggle Fraggle has earned some actual congratulations. And, Hi, uh, that's hey, hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, we hey. are well. Hey, congrats to your uh, to your new family. Oh, thank you, Matt. Blonde, I actually just did send you some pictures because I have oh, questions. Sure. Um, yeah, if you want to look that over, okay. I'm about to give you a whole picture dump too because we did the newborn photos today. So. Aww. Get ready for a whole lot of cuteness overload. How yeah. long was the labor? It was uh, like the actual labor or us just waiting for her. To yeah, like how, how long was the like, uh, you know, or oh, I forgot you were induced. That's right. So it wasn't. Did uh, the induction yeah. work? Did she yeah. have a C-section? No, the induction worked. It took. Good. But once she got the epidural, it's like everything just suddenly took longer. My yeah, exactly. God. Yeah, that's how it would happen with me, too. Yeah. 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 But we can talk about that later. Matt, I'd have killed that bitch. I don't know. For I'm, real. I'm, well, I'm a new made dad. And like, I had the overwhelming feeling that if anybody ever threatened my child, they're a dead man or a person. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> well, you never know, though. I mean, this lady was so psychopathic that I swear to God, I could picture her pulling out a gun and shooting me. I mean, she was an insane person. And I didn't go in trying to scream at her. But the way it worked out is she so there's the Safeway and then there's like a public recycling, a bunch of public recycling bins at the end. And she went down there and parked. And as she parked, we were walking to her car and I just kind of hollered at her, slow down. And she hollered back at me and I couldn't hear what she was saying. And so I thought, well, okay, this is this is a thing. And so I walked down there and she got back in her car (laughs) because she doesn't know who she, she doesn't know who I am. And I understand that she would probably be afraid of me. I, I get that. So I was thinking she was going to get back in her car and just take off, but she got back in her car and pulled up to me. And I wasn't trying to, I wasn't trying to have a hostile confrontation, but if you almost run over my family and you're yelling at me, we're going to have a discussion about it. And it just escalated with her blaming me. And that's the, that's the, the crazy thing is like people are so, I mean, this lady is so psychopathic. I don't know what she might do. And that's why, you know, yeah, that's why I was trying to be a little be black reserved. in her eye and be like, hey, hit me. Yeah. 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 It just makes uh, me want to murder people, though. I once had an immigrant white back into my car and say that um, I rear ended him in a parking lot. Uh, how do you know he was an immigrant? Because he came out of the car. He's like, what do you do? What you do? And then uh, he was like Polish <laughs> or something like that. And he was in like a really shitty car. And so I was like, are you legal here? I will call customs. And then, <laughs> and then suddenly everything smoothed out and my yeah. insurance was able to take care of it. I was really yeah. pissed, though. People genuinely believe it's not their fault when stuff like that happens. Well, and this, why would you call customs, though? Did he come here in a shipping crate or what? Oh, yeah, not customs. I threatened to call <laughs> ICE or something. This is before yeah. I was doing my YouTube channel. Yeah. But oh, he okay. did, it did okay. strike they me as um, illegal immigrant of a yeah. white nation. But yeah. back to the more wholesome point, because I don't mean to hijack your call, but there is, um, as you can already sense, I'm sure, like n- now that you've entered, instinct, entered yeah. fatherhood, oh. when, when your family is threatened in that way because i'm not really a confrontational person but when your family is threatened 
it's hard to just let that slide and act like it's yeah. nothing. And I'm sure you'll encounter that sooner rather than later. Maybe you already have. I mean, people keep asking me, what's it feel like to be a dad now? And the, the best answer I keep coming up with is my worldview is fucked up in the best way possible in that basically everything before her just seems wrong. And now everything's right. Hmm. And I, I can't explain it beyond That's that. So- cute and true that's much the same way that i feel it's like everything i did in my prior life is just kind of stupid and trivial and now there yeah. are very serious uh responsibilities to now yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. so with that in mind uh, the reason i was going to call in uh, i have a, a very uh somewhat somewhat difficult question uh i actually asked this of uh, spencer clavin on his podcast too but I've been having these thoughts with, you know, the one of the things that conservatives keep saying is one of the reasons we're in the pickle that we're in is because there's a, a lack of God, lack of religion, all that kind of thing. And um, one of the things that they do on Clavin's podcast is we, we talk about, like, the West and all the history and all that kind of stuff that, that leads up to where we are now and kind of the predicament we're in. Um one thing that I'm curious of you guys, is it possible to have a society that not necessarily re- rejects God, but maybe rejects religion? Um, the way I proposed it to him, could you find people who could, f- could a society function where people approach it from a Socratic method, basically following Socrates rather than Jesus, if they don't want to, you know, take up a religion, but want to find a greater truth? Hmm. Um, I think that they could do that probably in Sweden with no migrants. They might be able to make that work, but in a, in a multicultural society, definitely not. I just don't think that the average low, like a person of, of low intelligence, not the average person, but a person of low intelligence, their average is going to be able to operate in that way. That's a smart person thing using the Socratic method to find greater truths. Besides, any greater truth is going to lead you to Christianity anyway. Look at what's happening with Matt. I know, well, but that's what I'm saying. The That's kind of the premise that I laid out for him was you can find a way to God, but not through Jesus. Is that possible, I guess? And would that would, can a society be built on that or function with people who do believe in the true faith and all that? Well, I, I think you have to have some kind of objective morality, some kind of moral framework. Right. And, um, and for a lot of people, potentially myself included, that's, that's what God is, uh, the source Mm -hmm. of that. Um, without that, without agreement on some sort of right and wrong that exists beyond just what we all personally feel like it is uh, without something that we all agree on that we can make reference to, to make those sorts of moral judgments. I'd, I don't really see how how a society could function. Could you achieve that without um, like a specific religious denomination? Uh, maybe I suppose. Yeah, but there's got to be there's got to be some external moral structure that everybody agrees on. Whatever you call that, I don't know, but religion certainly right. fits that need. And um, and so without that, I don't think society can function. I think you could call that religion. Um, but maybe it could be called other things too. 
Yeah, just a widely accepted belief within the society that that gives it a, a foundation, I guess. Yeah, there's got to be understandings and expectations of right and wrong between people that we all. I, I hesitate to say that we all agree on because I don't think that's the origin of these things that we all agree on them. And that's where they come from. I think there's something no, but about they, them. The part but, of we the part of we all agree on them is what makes the society functional. Yeah. Yeah. That we all understand those things. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Did you have any uh, final thoughts on that? Uh, well, I'll just give what Clavin's answer was. He, he brought up um, Thomas Aquinas and how he kind of bridged the, the gap between uh, Socrates and Jesus, which is kind of his crowning achievement in the uh, Summa Theologica. So ultimately the answer is no, because it is lacking. I mean, it's those ideas that eventually led to Jesus Christ and the the Catholic faith. Hmm. So... Yeah, that was his ultimate answer. No, because one is a step to the next, basically. All right. Well, yeah. thank you for the thoughts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, all the best to your family. And uh, I hope no crazy women in Forerunners nearly run you over anytime. Oh, so. it was a Forerunner? Yeah. Yikes. Really? It was, it was a pretty yeah. new Forerunner. Yeah. It's, Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for all the congrats, you guys. Uh, I'll keep in touch. All right. Bye. Have a good night. Good night. Okay, we are due for a break. What? We are. Yeah, time flies. Let's see. I can get Tippy Stream going if you are needing a right. minute. Actually, we're good on Tippy Stream. So if you have YouTube ready to go. I do. Hold Moray. Hola, Cinephilos. Glad you enjoyed falling down. Any thoughts on the similarities and differences between defense and Sergeant Prendergast? Each was triggered by somewhat parallel irritations with different results. Was he the Nazi? There was. So uh, defense is the main guy, Bill, the the well, I guess you could. Anyway, one was the cop and and the other was the the I guess the story protagonist. Who was the protagonist and who was the antagonist? I guess it's kind of. So it was the protagonist and the antagonist. Yeah. Um, Why would I think that? Uh, Okay. Similarities. We I talked about this briefly on the show, but they were both um, being controlled by a female narrative in their own lives, like by a woman's neuroticism. Defense was being controlled by his wife's paranoia that he was going to become the man that he actually did become. But is it because of her paranoia? Hmm. Would he have become that man? I don't know. I don't think so. That's an interesting question. Yeah. If he was separated from his daughter, would, would he, even if he lost his job, even if all this other shit happened, would he have become this man? Well, there aren't a lot of men, I I think, for good reason, who would maintain perfect sanity having their family stolen from them. That's sort of by natural design, you're not supposed to experience comfort and normalcy when that happens to you. But then they put in that scene where he was being a huge piece of shit to her after he bought her that play horse on her birthday. Why did they do that? Yeah, if but that wasn't but to show he that, was, that was his he was true like nature. verbally mean. You know, and verbally abusive. And there's and we also have a window into one instance in their relationship. Yeah, but they put it in there to show that he had it in him before all of this. That's why they did it. I I could agree that even if that is poor conduct on his part, I just don't. And I'm not saying you think this, but I think that our society is so far. 
on the other side of it where that is considered sufficient abuse to strip a man from his family, issue a protective order, make sure that he can't. Which actually is clearly contact. not. I, I, and I, I did like all that stuff with yeah. the cop when she's talking to the cop and he's like, well, did he ever hate you? And she's yeah, like, exactly. Well, no. <laughs> yeah. So maybe you're right about that. Um, and then uh, Sergeant Prendergast, his wife was calling him at work all the time. She was going to force him into an early retirement, even though the, the, his job gave him purpose and move him to a place that he didn't give a shit about. Um, and then she didn't have more children, even though he wanted to. And so both of them did put their women in their place at the end. Right. Kind of. Although bill or defense less so, I think. Yeah. It seems like he maybe tried, but it didn't really work out for him. It did work out for Prendergast, who there's that great moment where he tells her to shut up and she almost kinds of she kind of likes it. She sort of respects it, you know. Do you have anything to say about this? No, th- I think those are those are really the only parallels that I could draw is they, they have a somewhat similar experience with their wives. Oh, and but, they both um, were really annoyed by uh, like societal rules that didn't seem to have any deeper intent or meaning uh, like like Prendergast's interaction with his boss. His boss was like. I kind of hate you for for basically no reason. And then um, defense was also this undervalued employee. They, there was that scene where he said he was overskilled hmm. for his jobs. Yeah. Um, and then getting annoyed in traffic. I think that like the humdrum of life had kind of uh, really had affected them both emotionally. Hmm. All right. Well, thank you, uh, Mr. Mulray, as always. Jeff Sloat says, blonde looking lovely as always. How is the ATF like a box of chocolates? They both will kill your dog. <laughs> I think the ATF uh, is a higher risk, actually. I've had dogs uh, <laughs> dogs get into brownies and other uh, sources of chocolate before and, and survive fine. just fine. Yeah. yeah, You know, a dog has to eat a third of their body weight in chocolate. That's so insane. That's so much. I don't know how any dogs, even a chihuahua, what are they going to eat a pound and a half of chocolate? That's, yeah. Is it just, uh, it, uh, is it just, I, I was told it's chocolate, uh, chocolate's caffeine content, but is it, or is it something else about chocolate? Why is chocolate so risky to dogs? It, they can't process something in it. Hmm. I'm not a vet. I don't know. Um, long Don John. Oh, poor Liz Cheney failing to listen to your constituents has consequences. Maybe she can go on a hunting trip with daddy to make herself feel better. <laughs> Wouldn't that be an interesting end to the story? Um, Peter R. <laughs> yeah. It, For, yeah. Formula One just experienced a hoax hate crime. Two lesbian women claimed they were sexually harassed by Dutch fans at the Australian Grand Prix. There's no way it happened. They were absolute land whales. Yeah, I uh, maybe we should talk about this on Sundays. I didn't. I haven't. That's news to me. I haven't seen anything about that. Have you? No. Uh, Is this a joke? Well, if you have a story of land whale lesbians allegedly being sexually harassed, please do send it my way. I would love to see it. Let's see. Uh, we're good. Okay. We will uh, come back to your chats at the top of the hour. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. Here. Next up is Kim. Formula One lesbians? <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Kim, are you there? Hi, Kim. Yes, I am. What's on your mind? Hi. Um, so I, this is just a quick COVID BS update hmm. um, that I want to share. And I know, I don't know if things will be different now that CDC has changed their guidelines um but my nephew who's about two 
Um, he was supposed to go for surgery. Nothing serious or like, you know, life-saving, life-threatening, anything like that. Um, but in order to get the surgery, he was required to have a, have a negative COVID test. Mm-hmm. And my sister and brother-in-law refused the COVID test, saying he doesn't need it. He has no symptoms. Um, they had like an exemption from the negative COVID test. And they were denied the surgery. What? Mm-hmm. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. If it was life-saving surgery, would they have denied it, you think? I don't know. I certainly hope not. Um, That's outrageous. Yeah. And the doctor, like, you know, he said, I'm supposed to tell you that, you know, you should take the test and it's not going to harm anything. But personally, like, you have every right to deny it. It's not necessary. Um, but will I we can't. deny and it's not delay it's like we will not do this period yeah they will not do the surgery with a negative covid test okay so he's not having surgery at all okay uh is there another provider is there another opportunity for him or um i don't think so at this point i don't think the surgery is like completely necessary so it was for to get tubes put in his ears mm-hmm. um so it's not something that he needs unless he has more earaches or something or um yeah ruptured eardrums things like that so it's nothing that's necessary right now i don't know if it would happen again and be recommended again if they'd be able to go through it without a um, negative covid test now that cdc changed their guidelines oh my god but, that's yeah, so outraged uh was, was yeah. that was that standard just thrown upon him or were you aware of this standard this rule beforehand was this just thrown in front of him when the surgery was supposed to happen um, it was one of like the pre consultations for the surgery. Like they had gone oh. for a checkup. They were saying that you know this this needs to happen before the surgery. And a COVID test was one of them, and she said, "No, we're not doing that." Yeah. Like, oh, we never had anyone deny it before. Like it was completely new that they've never had the situation. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so it, it's had funny to go how that word "no" process. has just become foreign in so many contexts yeah. over the last two years. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. I hope his condition doesn't worsen and this becomes a whole thing. Yeah. But, you know, I wonder if, if they really would um, deny him life-saving surgery. I guess they probably oh, couldn't, I right? I don't know that that would be legal in, uh, yeah. like, an emergency context. But what if it was something that could potentially save his life? Well, and who yeah. knows? Like, a lot of times things that are proactive or preventative are life-saving yeah. in just life-saving, a less yeah. immediate way. Let's say life-saving in a non-emergency preventive sense. Yeah. Sorry, I said preventative, didn't I? Preventive. <laughs> I, 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 I always you- thought it was preventative. Anyway, Kim, you're the teacher. You can, you can correct my... <laughs> I, I never knew that preventative was not a word. It's not, I mean, Merriam-Webster probably says it is, but it's not. Yeah, but they believe in irregardless, and I can't get They do. Yeah. <laughs> it's asinine. Hmm. Yeah, and I think if something would be more serious, my sister would look for other options to provide care. But since it's nothing that's medically necessary at this point. Yeah, I mean, I had to take go. one to have my baby. What if I would have been like, no, would they have been like, okay, well, we're not going <laughs> to. I mean, on the show's I, on the roof. I always thought that was bizarre because they made my wife take one, too, but not me. So I could be in the room and hang out, but I didn't need one. She did. I don't think my husband took one either now that I think about it. Well, it's it's because, number one, I'm not the patient. But number two, if, if she is the inpatient, so there, there's that distinction. But if she is corona positive, there's all sorts of uh, goodies that go along with it. Or at mm-hmm. least there were, you know, back at that time. 
Yeah, so hopefully the COVID BS is soon coming to an end, and I don't know. Who knows, though? Um, well, I, it seems like it is, but, you know, I don't know. I, I would like to think that we've learned our lessons. I hope that we have, but I do fear that if they came out with the same sort of nonsense uh, where there was some urgent health emergency and we all had to engage in ridiculous nonsense behaviors to fight it that way too many of us would sign right up to do it once again and chastise those who have any questions about it despite the fact that we seemingly gained nothing it does drive me nuts that we've just kind of wiped our hands of this and said well now it's over but we we have no demonstration that all of the bs that we went through actually produced any positive effect in Mm -hmm. fact there's lots of counter evidence that shows a lot of people lost their jobs died in some cases We have lots of excess deaths of all sorts of conditions. Speaking of what's preventive, uh, people who who did not go to the doctor to get checkups for all sorts of conditions and later paid the price because their condition is worsened. Say they had a maybe they had a early stage cancer that they could have detected early or maybe they just gained a whole bunch of weight over the last two years and they didn't, you know, get routine checkups, drug addictions. Yeah. Mental health issues. Yeah. So. It, it does really piss me off that just, we're just going to wash our hands of this and accept that somehow we saved lives when every indicator I see says we cost lives, uh, not only in terms of death, but in terms of quality of life for all sorts of people. Way, way, yeah. way more people than died of the virus uniquely. And we're just going to act for like that sure. was a, a good Hundreds deal. Hundreds of, of times as many people. Ugh. How many deaths do you think we're actually looking at COVID only? Well, I even need an aid threshold. Aid threshold. Age threshold. You definitely need the AIDS threshold. (laughs) Lots of AIDS, (laughs) corona deaths. But uh, an age threshold, because for a long time there, and I don't know if the statistic still holds, the average age of a corona death was higher than the average age of death overall. And that really tells you all you need to know that how could you conclusively say that corona was the cause when these people had exceeded life expectation generally? Right. Old age is a comorbidity. Yeah, you you die. There's a such thing of just dying of old age. Yeah, but totally. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, did well, you have any? F- was, yeah, go for it. Yeah, I was listening to last week's Colin show, and Blonde, you're too hard on yourself. Like you were saying last week, how you know you're not making a difference, and um, just talking kind of like a, and I know like all listeners already share the same viewpoints and. And me, I was, you know, supposed to be radicalized, um, but you've changed my life. And so I think that you not give yourself enough credit for the good that you're doing for society. Um, that means a lot to me. Thank Aww. you. And I, and I really appreciate it. Things, like, yeah, I'm not sure like, what my sphere of influence is like in my classroom, but I've definitely got some students to think or hear things they've never heard before. Um, and so that's like thanks to you. And if we can each, if every list on the show keeps impacting like two people, then it's going to exponentially increase throughout time. That's that's, that's how true. it happens. Yeah. But that's so. totally divorced from the negative influence that I've also had on people, like that guy that machete killed that homeless black guy who was subscribed <laughs> to my channel. Who knows if I'm responsible for like any number of of white on black murders in this country? I don't know. <laughs> She she laughs tepidly, but I'm serious. I this this is what keeps me up at night. I'm like, am I doing a bad thing? Am I going to hell? I don't know. But did, I think that people did that guy want give a be... shout out to Blonde while he did it. Did I miss that part? 
No, and he was also subscribed to like Girl Defined and I think Lauren Chen and some other people. That so, roaming you know, millennial. She's the one who got Roaming him. millennial is is famously racist. I mean, I've heard her <laughs> say the N-word on air no fewer than a dozen times. She, I, I, I think I saw that video. Uh, random machete attacks on minorities are cool by roaming millennial. That YouTube video is out there. I saw that one too. Yeah. 200 million views. Can you yeah. believe it? Nice. I don't know, but th- I appreciate Kim. Thank you. That, that means a lot. Yeah, no, you're doing great work. And I really appreciate all you've done. Like just for me in general, um, this coming school year, I have a transgender student who wants to use non-biological pronouns. Ooh. So I will update you later on how the school year and see how that's going. Okay. I look forward to hearing it. Yeah, so have to navigate, navigate this for the school year. So maybe you All can right. talk that kid out of it. Well, Godspeed. Yeah. Thank you. All, All right. Thanks, Kim. You. Glad to hear from Bye. you. you I hear think that? if you stop a tranny in its tracks, it's like immediate entrance into heaven. Like, it doesn't matter what else <laughs> you do. You kill 50 people, it doesn't matter. You save one tranny. That's better than repentance itself. It is. You, yeah. Wow. You hear uh, indirectly corrupting the youth. This is your contribution to uh, to society. Never get down on yourself again. Hey, that that matters. I mean, how many women are not going to go down the feminist rabbit hole because of Kim? Well, and that is huge. And and not just for those women. It's it's important for feminism is is such a, a lie to women in that it persuades them um, into a life of unhappiness, which is very unfortunate. Mm-hmm. But but. For every unhappy cat lady wine chugging feminist in some urban apartment, there is also a man somewhere who is similarly unhappy. And that's there are a lot of indirect effects of that, too. It's not just for that woman. It's for uh, the family that she's not having. And for every family that she's not having, there's a man missing that, too. Missing that, too. And that that's we talk about it. I, I sincerely believe we talk about it all the time. But I think outside of, say moral subjectivism uh, or just believing that morality is just what we say it is the messing with gender roles is probably the single most destructive uh, force that we've put into place oh totally and it's not just it's it's the lost time because so many women figure it out by the time they're 30 or whatever and thank god they figured it out in time but imagine if that happens when you're 40 yeah you're done yeah you you've, you've ruined your life. I'm not saying you can't be happy without children. A woman can, but I think it's just, it's harder. Sure. There, there. And I, I will always qualify. Of course, choice matters. Of course, there are some women, there are the Ann Coulter's of the world who you know, are very good. It seems like Ann Coulter is doing what she's supposed to do. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Um, but the point is persuading women that the general path to female happiness and by extension, male happiness is actually a lie. When in fact it is the true path to happiness for almost everybody, with oh, rare yeah. exception, well, that's it's the this problem. Obsession with hyper individualism and everybody gets a trophy culture because the the best pathway for most ordinary people to happiness is to have children. But everybody thinks they are special <laughs> and that they have some unique yeah. gift that needs to be offered to the world, and then they end up in some middling marketing job, childless. Yeah. It's like. If you're a surgeon or I always bring up surgery because it's an important job or if you're one of those people on air disasters that's trying to figure out what went wrong on the plane, like your job matters, you know, yeah. but for most of us, it just, it just doesn't matter. And like well, the and, best and way to have a good life is to have children. Of course. And the thing that I'm learning, almost everything in your life has diminishing returns. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I love the things that I do. I love uh, doing this channel. I love 
following politics. I love doing some of the outdoor stuff I do. But over time, your love of those things kind of comes and goes. Sometimes it feels more like a chore than others. Sometimes you love it more than others. I know I'm only a year in, but the one thing that doesn't have diminishing returns, Having a kid, the, ch- the chuckle, not the chuckle, like the belly laugh of your child. Oh my gosh. Just a, a child, your Just own child's joy. Talking. Yeah. It's, it doesn't matter how many times I've seen the jack-o'-lantern teeth and the chuckle. It's the same great feeling every single time. It really doesn't diminish. Yeah. And even if I can't have more kids, it's like, I still feel like this was simply the best thing I've ever done. Yeah. Ever done. I'm so lucky. And to, to lie a whole, to, to persuade a whole generation of women into a lie against that is just, um, it's so, it sucks. Yeah. It's so cruel. Okay. Uh, red Falcor. A lot of the time. Red Falcor, you're live. So don't uh, reveal any of your, you know, uh, coup plots for next January 6th or anything like that. Sorry, Mr. Party. First... Yeah, you well, missed the party. Louise. My dad, my my dad, my husband was out of town, and I ah. couldn't drive. Yeah, the five hours with Emmeline, and then get back for the show. It was uh, it was your birthday, right? It was my birthday. Well, happy birthday! 13th. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, I actually did meet a uh, another fan of the show and his wife. Cool. And oh. we tried to get into um, uh, that. Uh, ramen place that you like, Blonde uh, Danbo, uh, yeah. but there was a minimum hour wait. Oh, and, it's always it's always like that. <sighs> yeah, and uh, my wife was starved, so we ducked around the corner, found a place with uh, 4.8 stars on Yelp, and got in there. So it was a yeah. Nice there are lots of Asians in Seattle, so any ethnic restaurant yeah. is bound to be good. And fascinatingly, I did learn. Only when we were there did I figure this out that the uh, that's Capitol Hill, yeah. Which, as as I understand it, is the location of Chaz Chop. That is where I used to live. The CHP occupation has it recovered? Is it looking okay? It's looking fine. It's it's you know it's like a little bit of a. Uh, almost like a swanky part of Seattle, I would say, which huh. was really, the, which was the reason I was a bit confused that that was Capitol Hill. Maybe there are parts of Capitol Hill that are upscale and other parts not so much. I mean, did you um, look into any alleyways? Not uh, in great detail. So perhaps I would have discovered. Like on the street where Dambo Ramen is, it's uh-huh. pine, I think. I've seen people shooting up, taking dumps, and I saw a guy jerking off one time. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, on, well, at, at about uh, 7 o'clock on Saturday, that was not the case. But maybe it would have been... <laughs> Too bad about Dambo Ramen. That place is bomb. Yeah. But I it mean, was fun? Uh, you had fun? Yes, it, w- it was. I didn't, I didn't go to Dambo Ramen. I went to uh, so- something called Mojimi, something like that instead, which was nice. Still okay. nice, right, right around the corner. Um, and my, my brother told me they have been to Denbo Ramen before. It is delicious. Uh, but they go there at like 10 o'clock when the crowd dies down. Yeah. Um, so that's the only time they're really able to enjoy it. Um, but uh, yeah, it was, it was uh, fun. And you know what I suspect is that in the past few years, um, 
the uh, people in charge of really liberal metropolitan areas like Seattle, like LA, are getting the sense that people really don't like what they're doing. Like the the political backlash has started, hmm. and really? in Echo Park, Los Angeles, where where I used to live, there was like a tent city, no, like a homeless encampment all around Echo Park Lake, which is this big, beautiful, recently renovated uh, metropolitan lake. And basically it's like a nature preserve in the middle of the city. Mm -hmm. And there were so many homeless people living there that one day the um, uh, local councilman just decided to raid the place, kick everybody out. He, uh, the, the the police were called in from up to a hundred miles away, clashed with protesters, and um, then fenced off the whole park for several months to repair the damages. There was about five thousand dollars worth of damages. That's it. Um, well, <laughs> that's not very much. It's got to cost five thousand dollars to clean up the syringes and shit. Yeah, really. There's got to be. So, that's shock. I thought it would be like devastated. It, it, it's not, you know, there was not a whole lot to actually damage because it was like grass. I guess. Yeah. And the value of each tent was sub one penny, I suppose. <laughs> but I just, I guess it's not the value of the property that was there. It's, it's just the cleanup costs and the damage that might've been done to just the infrastructure. But maybe that I'm was the number overthinking heard, it. But yeah, it could be, uh, but it could, it, 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 Maybe it was understated. I didn't hear it from like a conservative site. Hmm. So it could have been understated. Um, so, you know, people have lots of reasons for uh, conveying information in certain ways. So um, just so I understand, though, just like cleaning this up is a is where this is a major sign of uh, of change. Not that I'm underselling think, it. It's just, you know, you know yeah, it's kind of like I, we're seeing the bare minimum now. And this is yeah, not, this hey, is that's great. not nothing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's not nothing. And and for, for, for frankly, bl- uh, Blonde, I kind of figured that uh, on your on any visit that you would t- take to Seattle, you wouldn't ne- ne- necessarily want to publicize it, even in the community, because the threat of Antifa infiltration, FBI infiltration is always there, right? Yeah, so you, but what is the FBI going to find out about me that I'm not actively saying on my podcast? Well, that's, I mean, clearly the, they don't really need a reason if the past week is any other. I know. I know that this is all true and everything, but I just am, I'm just resistant to hiding the way that I talk to anybody. Like, Basically, the conversations I have in private are the conversations that I have on the podcast with a few more well, expletives. Well, but, but but you've said before that you... He said the N-word. ...tend to uh, hold back a little bit, even in uh, the context of... That is 100% because I'm worried about Matt's livelihood. <laughs> that is the only mitigating then, factor it is it is truly the only mitigating factor yeah, yeah. so does that mean, mean that you are are holding back or this is like your authentic 
self because I feel it like you're saying two different things. It is my more polite, authentic self. I mean, I've definitely said yeah. things on my own YouTube channel that I have not said on the podcast. I I loved your your, your, your interview with the uh, so-called white supremacist, by the way. Which one? Uh, what's uh, what's <laughs> which one? <laughs> well, I had whiskey on. I had Dave Riley on. I had Kevin McDonald and Jared Taylor. You got to be more specific. Uh, probably Jared Taylor. I think that's oh, who yeah. it was. Um, yeah. And uh, apparently, he is an actual white and Asian supremacist. White uh, slash Asian supremacist. I didn't. I actually yeah. did not know that about. He's in. Asian supremacist. He's yes. fluent in Japanese and grew up in Japan. He he would he would use that title like he would describe himself that way. I would say that he is a he would he would call himself a white nationalist. But well, he defines uh, white supremacy kind of narrowly, which which is to say he believes it's like somebody who wishes for the forceful removal. Uh, of other races from from predominantly white areas force because uh, uh, the only thing i've the only time i've listened to him in in detail was the farid zakaria interview on cnn which i i would recommend actually not because i not not because it's like oh i agree with everything that's said but because i think it's a very interesting example of someone like farid zakaria trying to get him on every single point and him you know, again, not endorsing every view he right. he makes, but able to explain his perspective without succumbing to like the outrage right. that so Fareed Zakaria is trying to provoke. You know, yeah, he does not. But he call it, it, himself a white supremacist. The only, well, the no, only, I, the I, only you, other point I was I wanted to make the in that interview, he said that he's not he was not in favor of forcible relocation. He had some thoughts about how some things he'd like to see would be achieved, but it, at least if I understood correctly, it didn't involve forcible removal or relocation. Right. No, but then if I don't you think that he would him, do that. Are, if you, if you ask him, are whites and Asians superior hmm. to uh, other races? He'll say yes. But That's he would, a, but you would have to, he would say, well, superior in what? I mean, Right. We're not winning right. any basketball well, games here. <laughs> yes. Well, that to or me is, football. You know, that, that's, Let's be fair. Or um, hundred right? mile runs. It's like I, 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 I do not agree that what whites and Asians are superior across the board. Right. Maybe in certain areas in in aggregate perhaps yeah well but, that that's where the conversation that sort of conversation gets really people become immediately outraged because it's it's a different thing to say um that there are certain skill sets or abilities that tend to differ on average across populations versus um because of those differences different lives have different moral value or something like that um right and th those are completely different things. And you're you're asked to deny the former on behalf of the latter. That is to say, because of at least what I believe to, to be the truth, that all lives have the same moral value, regardless of their demographics, obviously. But in pursuit of that, I, I can't be expected to deny 
differences that exist on average across demographics. That's just true. It also doesn't mean that I'm going to judge the individual on behalf of those because right. there are outliers. I, you know, Not everybody fits into a specific box, but it's always bothered me that I have to deny that truth about averages across populations that exist across race, especially in gender, terms of intelligence. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't really believe that somebody's intellect is a reflection of their moral character no, or their, their value as a, a human, as life. a human being. Yeah. yeah. So, so why does it really matter that much? And the other thing is if, if, you know, people were truly white supremacists, why would they be emitting left, right, and sideways that uh, several Asian countries have higher average IQs than all the white countries? Right. Wouldn't, well, they, wouldn't well, they put themselves well, on top, right? Uh, re- re- recent African immigrants tend to have high IQs. Uh, Nigerians, and, on uh, average, make more money than the uh, average white guy in America. The, right. It's all those scams. They're so good at that. <laughs> We've talked about this, haven't we? And they work for Jesse, too. That really bumps up their income. <laughs> That's true. Because those guys made like $100 million each. <laughs> anyway, right, we to give you the boot. Thanks yeah, we're for over calling. Time. I'll um, yeah, hit you up when I'm in Seattle next. Okay, sounds good. Thanks Happy birthday. Thanks for Bye-bye. calling. Thank you so much, Matt. Okay, we are uh, due for another break. A little overdue, actually. Let's see what's going on on Tippy Stream. We might be good over there. Uh, yes, we're good. So if you just want to catch us up on YouTube, we'll get right back to the calls. Man, I just lifted up my arm and I have these like egregious pit stains. This is so bad. It's, okay, I'm sure it's very hot. And then you got the lights on top of it, too. Well, I don't think I can live in this house another year. I'm going to have to move. Because That's of the not, AC thing. That, I have no... I have nothing to say about that, but you can't get AC problems. in that house just because of uh, it's not fitted for it. It's not easy yes, to do. There are issues with that. And I'm on somewhat of a busy road and I keep having this uh, dream that I'm like, it's hit by a car. <laughs> it's like really freaking me out. Uh, Colton Regal. Thank you for the kind words on Sunday. I woke up hungover in Nashville this morning and that show will give me some comfort on the three hour trip home. Are you the one that whose girlfriend just broke up with him? I think that's Itch. right. Yeah. Oh, of course. Any Anytime you want to talk. All I would, um, uh, the only other thing I would add that I don't know that I uh, made the point as clearly as I would like to have made when we talked about that on Sunday, because I was kind of going back and forth between maybe you could persuade his, uh, her parents that you are the right person, or maybe you, you'll find something better and you'll look back at this and realize it was stupid. Um, you'll have to decide which of those paths is correct, but whatever path you pick, Take it. That's the only thing I would say. Commit to it. Don't take it. Back. Don't waffle. Don't be half on one path, half on the other. Take it. Decide the path and take it and, and give it everything you got. If don't look at the zestimate of the property you sold in Seattle seven years ago. <laughs> don't do it. Don't look at your Bitcoin. Don't sell a Bitcoin in 2019 for like five uh-huh. grand or whatever it was. That was me, not you. But I did stuff like that, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just go. Just make a decision and move forward with it and know that that life will unfold for you um, no matter what decision you make. Daniel Yeager says, Blonde, if you want a white pill about future generations, listen to Heart Attack Man, Out for Blood. You know, I don't think I've ever been as blackpilled as I am right now. No way. Yeah, I've. this is... I'm An hour ago like you were because depression. that was before Kim's call, so you can't be... <laughs> well, I'm, I'm blackpilled, ironically, because of my daughter... Because it's such a shitty feeling to like to know that you're gonna your kid's gonna inherit a worse world. That's not the natural order thing. Order of things. Well, 
but she still provides you with a purpose to build her the best world that you can. And absent her, you would be certainly more blackpilled. You would lack you would lack that purpose. Yeah, but what about her? Her life is going to be harder than mine. We don't know that. And in in way and in what ways too? Like technologically it likely won't, but in terms of well, who knows? Uh, maybe a lot of corre- uh, corrections will have happened at that That's point. That's true. You know? And because we- women are just like, you know, weak. I think mm-hmm. the best thing I can do for her is just to prepare her to be as marriageable as possible yeah. so that she can have a strong man to take care of her. We're in a weird time because it's it's like, what what is the measure of a good quality of life? And and I know that technology is not the measure of that. Um, but on the one hand, on that technology hand, we have... More information, more products, more prosperity available to us on a moment's notice than ever before. On the other hand, (laughs) I think that we're in a state of moral decay. I'm not going to say the worst ever because I don't have that historical perspective. But I think we're I think we're in a state of of moral decay that is at a low point for certainly my adult lifetime. And that has to correct for our children to have. Like, I guess what I'm saying is what's more important to me for the future of my children, a, a, a morally virtuous society or really cool iPads. And I know iPads it, are it's, cool. It's I like them, but a moral virtue is more important. But in terms of your life having value and worth, if you lived in medieval times, you'd have 11 kids. Six of them would survive into adulthood. If you're lucky, yeah. you get some horrible pox on your house, but you still have a more valuable life because you have deep seated beliefs and a stronger sense of community. As much as I appreciate technology and obviously I I appreciate it for personal reasons. I appreciate it for professional reasons. It is the means through which I provide for my family though. If I had to, I would find another means, but I can't sit here and tell you, yeah, I'll take the technology in exchange for moral decay that if I could, if I could go back and, if I had to sacrifice a little bit of technological capability in exchange for moral virtue in our society, it's a trade I would make. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to go all the way back to like caveman stuff, but we're, we've headed the wrong direction in a lot of ways. And I feel like the suffering that we endure now is not making us better. Like the type of suffering that the Mm. average individual goes through now, it's not building character. Well, it's like, like suffering like in pursuit of suffering. nothing. When you when you lose yeah. a child to disease, you are trying to build a family, which is a, a morally virtuous purpose. When you are chugging wine in a cat apartment, it's in pursuit of what exactly? Right. Why was that? Why was that suffering necessary? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the worst kind of suffering for the individual soul is one that's self imposed, right? Yeah, yeah. Because then that brings all this shame on you. If you lose a child through no fault of your own. Um, I don't know that 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 really is going to cast this dark cloud on your character Hmm. as much as like all of these bad decisions that we're all making. Yeah. Not that that isn't the worst possible thing that could ever happen to anybody. Yes. We should probably uh, come back to the chats because we need to give our callers enough time. Oh, the chats. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. We will get back to those at the end of the show. Thanks for patience, guys. And thank you for the chats as well. Uh, Egrin is up next on the calls. Egrin, are you there? Yes, I'm ready to go. Uh, first things first. Uh, did you follow up with Transnistra? Who? Uh, I, apparently, I did not because you're gonna have to refresh my memory. Ah, <laughs> oh, you failed me. Dude. I'm sorry. I don't remember. What was it? Uh, so uh, Transnistra is not recognized by the United Nations. 
Uh, oh, this is the country that you're talking yeah, about. This, yeah, this is the country. Okay, uh, I do have a website, MSN. Uh, this is July twenty second. Uh, Transnistria separatists set their eyes on possible uh, Russia unification, and Moldova uh, workers cannot go to breakaway Transnistria for work, as well as that. Uh, second item uh, on your website, I noticed that you don't have like a you know a mission statement for yourself like these are the ideas that you hold to um they may change over time kind of thing uh i figured that might be something you could improve on your website uh something like hey these are the ideas that i hold to kind of thing uh, i think that would be uh, very important i don't know i mean i don't really have i don't really have like a mission statement that's you know well I'm, not really but... a mission statement but just like hey this is who i am kind of a, yeah, maybe you think, well, I, I suppose maybe an about me, but I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I kind of just like to like the, the let the work stand for itself, you know? Fair enough. I understand that. Uh, second, uh, seeing how the midterm election is getting uh, closer and closer, I figured you could do a rate website of candidates from like a one wiki to five wiki kind of thing. <laughs> I, I figured that'd be something of fun about. Um, Blonde, uh, do you eat a lot of sugar at all? I do not do not okay keep it low uh fun fact apparently there was a doctor in south africa (laughs) wait wait wait. do i get uh, hold on hold on do i do i get to make directions or recommendations here okay why would you even ask me that do i have the appearance of somebody that eats a lot of sugar (laughs) stay away from it don't touch it don't it's a trap it's a trap it's a trap (laughs) okay uh you're saying matt (laughs) uh okay anyway carry on carry on go ahead Okay, uh, apparently there was a doctor in South Africa that was uh, convicted uh, lately saying, hey, Pepsi, it sucks. Uh, just drink more water. And apparently South African judges uh, convicted him, uh, the doctor. So. Was it uh, like some, some corrupt Pepsi bit? Like, you, Is that why it's, they don't want their business undermined? Or what was he convicted yeah, of? Yeah, basically they were uh, trying to introduce sodas and whatnot in uh-huh. South Africa. And... They were just trying to put this guy behind bars saying, this is not a uh, real science. It's a lie kind of a thing. Um, so his perspective was drink water, not Pepsi. And that was called a scientific lie. Uh, for the most part. Yeah. Okay. Like, well, I've now I understand why South Africa seems like a rough place to be. If, yeah. uh, if that is the medical wisdom, racist. although I suppose yeah. we don't have any business lecturing other countries about uh, corrupt medical wisdom. That would be a fault in our country as well. Yeah. Um, on the topic of the hand that's been going on for the week, I understand that uh, Stephen Crowder has been going on about uh, defund the whole uh, education system, which is probably a good thing because frankly, is talking like federal or what? Uh, yeah, the federal education system, like mm. uh, CNO was created in 1979. Yeah. It, uh, by and large, it should be abolished. It's unnecessary spending, uh, by and large, even for the federal. It has no use. Yeah, I, I um, would, uh, if we could, that is one of many alphabet agencies that should go away. It is not the business of the federal government. And uh, in many ways, it's it's destructive. The more we nationalize anything, it, the more it becomes. I shouldn't say anything. There are proper limited roles for the federal government, but the education of your children is not one of those things. Yeah. And uh, next question. Um, do you uh, 
in your state, do you vote for your judges in your counties at all? We do. Yeah, Montana elects okay. judges, and our judges are officially uh, nonpartisan. Although, uh, you know, that's not how they end up behaving. But I, I would say just do some double check because I understand that uh, a lot of family courts are uh, they they don't really adhere to what needs to be kind of done. Um, so, you know, given the whole Mar-a-Lago situation, yeah. uh, if they're not really doing uh, like the proper forms of paperwork, we should probably do a due diligence on fulfilling our responsibility of filling out forms of complaints against them. And oh, yeah. It, it, doing okay. a best job of like, I know being a judge is not fun. I think a lot of us should actually see if we can act. I mean, you don't need a law degree. You can actually just fill out the forms to do that. And I think a lot of people. Is that true? Anybody can be elected judge. Yeah. Hmm. It's, it's a selection. It's not, you don't need a law degree. I guess I, I guess I just figured you had to have the qualification, but I've never checked that. So I, Uh, I I would appreciate if you could do some digging on that. Maybe. No, you're probably right. Uh, You're probably right about that. I've just never thought about that. Yeah, uh, that's uh, that's something a lot of people should read on, and I I know we're pressing for time, so I'll just go with this last bit. Uh, um, and one other thing, uh, Blonde, I understand you don't like Discord. I I understand a lot of us do use it, and I understand you probably use Facebook or something like that. Uh, <laughs> I just know that a lot of people just use a lot of different platforms, just trying to connect with a lot of people, and. I understand that some people are jerks and whatnot, so just bear in mind that we're all just trying to hang out and just try to chill. This was a real tizzy call, but I appreciate it. <laughs> Who's on okay. Facebook? I'm sorry. All right, thank, all right. thank you. What, one last thing. Yeah. Um, I have a dream not to be judged by the color of my skin, but by judged by the schlong and how big they are. Get out of here. All right. Uh, thank you for the call. <laughs> Love you guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bl- uh, eat sugar while looking at Facebook. Confirmed. <laughs> yeah, really. What a fag. Uh, it, was, it was high character. It's high character. All right. Uh, let's see. Next, uh, I can't even, there's not enough space for me to read this username. The most clever user what? What's the rest? Most clever username. Oh, that's it. That's I just, it? <laughs> I just have dot, 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 ellipses. Okay, Mr. Clever Man, what's on your mind? Uh, first time uh, we're talking to you guys. Well, thanks for wife calling in. Too, so you wanted to say hi. Hi, guys. Hi. That's your wife, you said? Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, hello. I love it when couples listen. Yeah. That makes me happy. Listen, uh... listen together, stay together. Oh. <laughs> How long have you guys been together? Dating. Seven years. Seven, married like four. Oh, wow. Married okay. Four. Congratulations. Yeah, listening together for like probably four or five years. Yeah. Cool. Wow. Yeah. Uh, she wanted to shout out. Yeah, I wanted to shout out the Blonde Hens, um, the Telegram uh, group. Ah. So oh, I love the Blonde Hens. Yeah, we love you, Blonde. <laughs> um, if you're on Telegram, send a message and then i think it's Catherine that usually looks out for those and then she can invite you to the blonde hens one so. no feds <laughs> is there no a, feds. a url no or a, like an, 
Do people just search the blonde hens or how do they find this? See, no one understands Telegram. D- I don't. I love Telegram. Um, yeah, they, they have to find the call-in show Telegram first. And then they There's have to ask There's a call-in show Telegram? <laughs> yes. I knew that. I knew that. Yeah. I knew that uh, the show has a Telegram. No, sorry, not a call-in show. Oh, sorry, you're like right. The, just the show no. overall. Okay. I was going to say, if there's like a specific call-in show Telegram. Oh, All right. No, my bad. <laughs> Okay, so find the show's Telegram, which I do actually have linked on the website, and then you don't go in there. It's so funny. Uh, I've seen. I don't know. It's probably too spicy for me. So uh, I have not. It's really fast. I've, like, I've not been in there. Anyway, hands. if people want to find the blonde hands, you can find it in the show Telegram. That's yeah. and find the show Telegram linked on my website. Yeah. Anyways, I pretty much just wanted to say hi. Um, I, I'm a police officer at a mental health facility. Wow. So, um, it's actually pretty interesting to see how little the chat knows about law. (laughs) (laughs) Unlike us experts here on air, we know everything, but what, uh, well, real quick, uh, what do you think the, at least in your kind of area, what do you think the biggest misunderstandings are? Uh, well, when it comes to mental health, there's a ton. It's it's pretty insane. Uh, literally. Uh, the, the <laughs> I got you. Sorry, it took me a second. But yes, it is pretty insane. But uh, no, <laughs> people need to read up on, on, on case law. If you don't know case law, uh, read case law. It's like little stories about... Um, well, give us uh, give us some examples in the mental health setting. Like, what what do you think people misunderstand, and what would be good a good case to look at? So, uh, I was working custody duty or transportation. So we take patients from the mental health facility to outside appointments, mm-hmm. and uh, this this patient was going to get an MRI, right? And the doctor doing the MRI was asking about like any kind of metal that might be in, in the patient. And the patient is telling her, he's like, oh yeah, uh, one time like I got this scar on my forehead, you see, and I have a scar on the other side. And that's where I was shot in the head and the bullet went all the way through and it came out the other side. And this, <laughs> this, this like technician lady was just like, "Do you think any part of the bullet might have stayed in your head?" And she's like, "No." Like, well, do you did you have surgery for it? Did the doctor remove it? And the patient was like, "No." I was st- just like staring at this lady, baffled, and was just like, "Lady, did she not even go to the hospital?" Is this got true? Shot in the head, and the bullet went all the way through. He's a freaking mental mental incapacitated patient he didn't actually get shot in the head oh okay. you know that kills people right well not always though people do survive from time to time yeah uh my brother had a patient once that cut off his own arm because he thought it would grow back whoa he had a patient years back who thought his arms were possessed so he ended up stabbing his father like 17 times in the chest left him bleeding in the parking lot 
and then he cut off his own hands. Well, how does he? How did he cut off the second one? Uh, He used like a table saw kind of thing. Oh, well, how did he operate the saw with his feet or something? How did he do that? Well, I don't know. I maybe you just wrap the nub around it and get it working. And the state pays for all these these uh, procedures. procedures so. huh. I don't know if we mentioned we're in California, so it's insane ah. the things that the state pays for for these patients. I think would you say you had like a tranny surgery? We've had like four or five transitions where they're like million dollar plus. Oh, well, wait, so these are mentally ill people who happen to be transgender. That's why they're there. They're not there on account of their transgenderism. Surely. Yeah, they just happen to be transgender. Okay. A lot Yikes. of these patients. Million dollar. Yeah, like, what are we talking? Are these uh, like the, are there are the are the nipples on their new boobs diamonds or what? Like, how is this? <laughs> we have paid for boob jobs. Oh my god. Enough. But uh, no, it's just that the they have to go through like a couple sessions of consulting, and those are like a lot of money plus they're paying for us to transport the patient to these Mm. appointments and and it's just staff has to go along too wow all right well thank you guys for calling in nice to hear from you and uh godspeed in california here's hoping it uh recovers if you want to ever talk about mental health and uh, facilities like that i'm always here well, thanks for calling in, guys. Appreciate it. Interesting stuff. It is. I have a good night. That's dark. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you see some things in that line of work. Let's try uh, Cooter McGavin. <laughs> Mr. McGavin, are you there? Might be uh, Shooter's brother. I don't know. Hey, what's up, guys? What's on your mind? Hi. I was, I was a little worried. I was number 10. But, uh, but I'm in. Um... Oh, now, yeah, now now I recognize that voice, but uh, all, all right, right. Yeah, I know who I'm talking things. to now. All right, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So I'm here basically just to show. Oh, okay, um, sure. But I think you know, I think it's something you guys are probably interested in, and, and uh, I know there's a lot of parents out there that uh, have young kids like us, so they'll probably uh, be in the same position. Yeah. Um, so it's actually a podcast. Uh, it's about vaccines, hmm. um, and. I'm sure, you know, you guys are the same thing. You probably had your eyes open the last couple of years. I don't want to be a reactionary, though, and just say, yeah. oh, I'm not, doing, I'm not doing any vaccines for my kid just because of this last one. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, I had, I had my suspicions about how necessary they all are. Yeah. Um, but I think like a lot of people, it's like it's hard to find a good impartial source where, you know, it's like you'll have the people that say, oh, no, it's safe and effective no matter what. And, and they're saying that about the COVID vaccine, too. So obviously they're full of shit. Um, and then you'll like, maybe someone like me would say like, I, kids don't fucking need it, but what do I know? Like, I'm a fucking idiot on discord. Like that's, they don't uh, know anything though. Yeah, exactly. So it's hard to find a really good, um, impartial source that'll just give you the information and kind of let you make your own decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, so the uh, podcast is called the vaccine conversation. It's kind of corny. Um, and my wife actually found it. So going into it, I already had this like kind of thought of like, all right, come on, like, they're not going to understand like how corrupt the medical system is. They're not going to, they're not fully woke on, on, you know, how, how these like studies can be faked and, and all this other shit, you know, it's like people like that, like, even if they get a sense of, yeah, maybe they're not necessary. They don't, they don't understand how rotten the institutions are. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? 
Um, so it's the vaccine conversation. Um, it's Dr. Bob Sears and this girl, Melissa. I'm not, I don't think she has any real qualifications, but it is the best, like impartial, like is not taking one side or the other, just giving the information and you're kind of left to make up your own mind. How is um, it, uh, is it about, vac- it's not just about like vaccines for newborns and infants. It's about everything um, or what? It's mostly, it's geared towards, of course, parents. Oh, okay. Um, Ugh, this but, is I mean, such a I, conundrum. This is a terrible conundrum. We're right up conundrum. against it, too, because we oh. have, you know, we had, we dealt with exactly what you're talking about a year ago when he was born. And like you, I was, tr- I'm trying to be, I'm trying to evaluate each individually and not just knee jerk react to my skepticism of the uh, tried and true Corona vaccine. Um, but we're right up against it again, coming up on a year here, because once again, there's a whole gigantic menu of things that they recommend. And so many mixed together. And that's the really pick and choose. That's what always drives me. Yeah. It's like, here's a cocktail that's designed to, to handle four different things. Only two of which are like a serious risk. Uh, I was ignorant to this when I had Emmeline. So, uh, but I was not aware that several of the childhood vaccines uh, are from aborted fetal cell lines. Mm. And so regardless of their benefit, their perceived benefit, I I can't, I can't give my child. I hadn't even thought about the moral implications too. Yeah. I was just thinking about like, what's, what is truly safe, effective and necessary and what's nonsense. I, yeah, I hadn't even thought of that angle, which is also very important. It is very important. And so now I can't give her any of those vaccines. I think that, or my, my God willing, my subsequent child, um, I think that I am not going to give any more vaccines to any more children, yeah, and, God willing. And I, I, I get the sense that you're kind of saying that, like basically saying like, all right, well, there might, there might be some benefit and you're missing out, but you know, you're better to go with none than some, but I'm telling you, like from listening to some of these pod, like they're great podcasts. Like they, they basically cover like each individual vaccine. They'll cover like certain years, like, you know, uh, zero to six months. They'll do all those in a show and they break it down really well. And, but I can't go down that the- rabbit hole because I'm going to have so much mom guilt for giving my child. Hmm. Hey, well, I, I, I had her on kind of an I, I extended similar, schedule. Yeah. And I, I didn't I had, give her every vaccine. So. And, and my kid's gotten some. And and like you, I, you know, I probably have some regrets about that. I, I don't think he actually needed the ones that I gave him, but. Um, but really it's like, like when you feel like a, the, the woman that's on the podcast, her daughter was vaccine injured and, and I'm pretty sure she's recovered by now, but it's not like one of those things where it's like, Oh, is there something going to happen? Like, you know, 10 years down the line. I mean, I guess there could be, but it's, you know, it's more about, um, if you see signs like that, the kid's starting to have some reactions, then you should probably stop or reevaluate. Um, but it's like, I, so I had the same, same thought as you. I was like, I don't even want to know because at this point, like I already gave him some, I don't want to feel like a, like a shithead for, you know what I mean? Um, but by the way, I'm, I'm browsing through the library of this show and there's a whole episode 81, which vaccines contain human fetal components. There's a whole hour episode about that. Yeah. I mean, it's, mm. it's, I, I, the sooner I, I maybe found it like a month ago and since then I've just been binging it and it's just like, but the then things it's you find like, out. what do you do if your child gets a preventable illness too? Uh, well, that's, they, they cover that. And that, that just, the, um, I know my time is short here, but the risks are way overstated. And, um, and I, I really think they're just trying to scare people. I mean, even the ones that I thought going into it, it's like, Oh, I got to give my kid this one and that one. Uh, you look into like how prevalent these things actually are and they're, it, it's like the ones that are super dangerous are like 
you know, there's like five deaths a year. So it's nothing you really have to worry about. And the ones that are less deadly. And so it's, and it's this blanket approach. I mean, the one that really got us questioning was um, at two months, he was supposed to get a rotavirus vaccine. And I'm like, well, wait a second. Is that the oral virus? Yeah. And, and it's like one of those things like, you know, kids are going to get sick. They're not approved to give it to six month olds because, you know, they don't need it at that age. But for some reason, they need protection from ages, uh, you know, two months to six months. Mm. But that's not in counting like, are they in good health? Are they being breastfed? Which plays a huge role, which they don't yeah. acknowledge. That's and true. Like, Hepatitis and, A is another like, one. So I didn't give Emmeline that. And every time I take her to the pediatrician, they're like, well, she's overdue for the hepatitis A. I'm like, I'm not giving it to her. And then they told me that it was endemic in North Idaho. And I looked it up and there have been 77 cases since 2010 and everybody survived. Wow. Yeah. And it's, it's like, it is the coronavirus all over again. Every, mm. Like, it's like, like kids get sick and that's and like really like am i trying to avoid my kid from being sick once in a while or do i want my kid to have a robust immune system that's able to uh to deal with with disease when it finally encounters it and that's that's more important to me is that this kid can actually fight off disease rather than have to depend on some vaccine he's gonna have to get every year and that is the case but like i know um i know tdap um i want to say if the mother gets it when the kids um like in utero um, then they don't actually get their own antibodies um, until like two years after because they reject the Tdap shots they get at two months and six months and twelve months. They don't even take them. So it's like yeah. you're, you're actually. Making I got Tdap during pregnancy. Vulnerable. I got the flu vaccine during pregnancy. That's how like yeah. non woke I was on. And this was only three years ago. It's like, yeah, like I, I, every, everybody's made. Not everybody has been perfect, and I, that's me included. But it's like. I, if, if I can go back to being oblivious or at least knowing what I know now, and, and like I gave my kid some and do I regret it? Sure. I mean, he's as fine as far as I can tell, but, um, but there's just so much that goes into like, you know, the safety testing and, and how they actually do the trials and how small the sample groups are. And it's like, you know, we're talking about 69 doses. And when we were kids, it was only like, I want to say like 14 or 20. Yeah. So is is and and this is a lo- most much less deadly world that we're living in. It's like, yeah, my it's my most ridiculous as, thing. as I've mentioned before, I have my own vaccination record from when I was uh, a youngster and I asked my mom if she just did what the doctors told her to do and she said yes and the list is very yeah. short on things that I received and yeah, to your point, yeah. we're supposed to believe that the world is much 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 more dangerous all of a sudden today 34 35 years later. Um Anyway, uh, yeah, thank you for the recommendation one more time for listeners. And I'll be looking at this personally because, like I said, we have decisions to make soon as well. Yeah. It's the vaccine and, uh, conversation yes. with Melissa and Dr. Bob. And it's very yep. highly rated on Apple Podcasts. I'm looking right now. It's got a 4.6 4. out of 5 rating based on 2.3 thousand ratings. So lots of people are listening to this. It seems like a, something I'll, I'll, I'll take a look at. It seems like a good thing to look at. Yeah. Oh. And if there's one more thing I can say about it, am I still on? Sorry. Sure. Yeah. 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 Um, it's it's like perfectly geared towards like you can show your wife like it's it's not going to like they're not going to come on and say like, oh, you know, this doctor's a fag. And, you know, oh, my wife likes that. this like it's most most wives. You know, <laughs> no, if, I know. If your I get wife what you're isn't saying. As, yeah. as red pilled as you are. It's like, yeah, yeah. Like she's like a little, you know, like talks about women and stuff like that. And like, that's yeah. fine. Like, I almost yeah. prefer that because now I know like that you're really speaking authentically and, and, you know, you're not just saying what you have to, you know? So it's, yeah, you're, lo- you're looking for straight shooting on this. None of the fluff, I guess is what yeah, you're saying. You can go to, to that's what we're looking for. And before you go, can anybody in the audience send me any data they have on polio and DDT, the connection between polio and DDT, because I'm starting to think that maybe polio isn't even real. <laughs> How far it's we It's not are. even a real virus. 
I, yeah. I don't know. This, this, this FDR COVID faked thing, that shit. I know he did. For real. This well, COVID thing has unraveled the majority of COVID cases now are, are vaccine. Uh, they're from the vaccine. They're not. They're breakthrough the cases, you say, or they're caused by. You say they're caused by the vaccine. A hundred percent. Like that's and even the ones that just happened in New York. Same mm-hmm. thing. They're all. They're caused by the vaccine. They're not. They're not caused by the polio in the wild anymore. I don't so know. Maybe virology is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> you heard I, it I here, Doctor Fauci. But... <laughs> all right, we get, we got to so let you go. Out. Thanks, guys. Thank you for calling all in, right, and all, all the best to your family, man. You too. Later, guys. And may yeah, uh, I can't even believe this is where I'm going with this stuff because, like, two or three years ago, if you talked to me about people that were vaccine skeptics, notice how I didn't say anti vax, I would have been like, that is the mark of a retarded person. And now <laughs> I'm like, I don't know anything. Everything I've been told is a lie. This COVID thing, when you realize that you cannot trust doctors and you've been trusting doctors your entire life as a um, weathered hypochondriac, hmm. it just unravels your life. Like I'm having like a postmodern meltdown right now. Well, it's yeah, it's it's between that and the transgender stuff. You know, when I when I when I see the a, a mask stuff. and a pride progress flag on a uh, person in scrubs, it's like uh, I don't. Uh, I, I, I eagerly greet death. I choose death. I don't care if I have advanced I know, cancer. You're I not know. touching me. I choose oh, death. Yeah, it's really scary. <laughs> it's really scary. And then this vaccine thing is really difficult because I'm afraid of vaccines, but I'm also afraid of disease. You know, well, if there's one thing about blonde's anxiety, it uh, it is. Well, it's a constant. It, it'll, it'll be caused by any any force in the world. And may Susan have mercy on this stream. Uh, appreciate her patience with that segment. Fuck you, Susan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're behind. I know we have a lot of emails. So, um, Ratchet Republican, if you're there, I can't hear him. Can you? Okay. Oh, yeah, there we go. We got you. So, okay. we're All way right. behind time. So, even though I love hearing from you, we're probably going to have to keep to about a minute or so if you can get your thoughts out. Okay. Uh, basically, uh, I wanted to to state what happened last week um, in a sentence by Margaret Thatcher. She said that... Um, Socialists don't like ordinary people choosing, hmm. or they might not choose socialism. And if you put it into, into today's times, uh, Democrats don't like ordinary people choosing, or they might choose Trump. Hmm. So I, I think that's what happened uh, last week. They're getting desperate. Uh, this January 6th bonanza is not working for them, and they feel like he's a threat. And his acolytes, um, you know, in Arizona, in other places, are getting through. And uh, they want to stain him and use that stain to try and um, um, trump the will of the people and um, and maintain power. And uh, I think that's what happened. And the smokescreen of classified documents, and I think it's just all a smokescreen. It's not, there's no there there. Well, they will and, uh, always try to manufacture it. We might get a, a a peak tomorrow when they perhaps unseal this affidavit. Yeah, I I, I really just don't care. <laughs> I really don't care about that <laughs> because, as I said before, I think it's a smokescreen. Whether they whether he has anything or not. Yeah, they waited waited eighteen months. I mean, I I I really don't have any uh think it's anything of any worth. Well, we but, will yeah. uh. We will find out. And thank you for the call and the thoughts. I apologize for being short. It's just we got to get to our All to right, our no emails. Problem. But always love hearing from you, man. Uh, thanks for calling. Right. 
Talk to you later. Bye. See ya. Uh, similar to what you just said about, uh, <laughs> well, just what we were just talking about, where your faith in an institution is so shattered that you just basically believe the opposite of whatever they say. Yeah. This is a similar situation too, where it's like, I, I don't want to be so reactionary that, that to believe that that's say Trump or whoever they accuse is incapable of crime and shouldn't be brought to justice if he did commit it. But I've just, how many times do I need to see this show? I where know they, yeah. they just in sequence bring the latest thing and that doesn't work. So they bring the latest thing at this point. They could, they could find the bodies in the pond at Mar-a-Lago, and I would, I'd be more inclined to believe that the FBI planted them there than Trump actually killed people. Yeah. And then if Trump had the gun, and they traced the gun to Trump, and then they had it on video, Trump executing people, shooting them in the back of the head, I would still say, they probably faked that. They, they, <laughs> that's probably some digital creation. It's just like yeah. polio. Everything. Everything is a fabrication. No, I don't know. It's some... Um, I don't I don't want to be guided in my I want to be guided by evidence. I want to be guided by the facts. I don't want to be I don't want to make um, premature conclusions. Yeah, but what if but, you've just been lied to about everything? And, and if there's anything, if there's one constant more constant in life than your anxiety, it is their lies. Their yeah. lies are the one thing. If, if you can only bet on one thing, if you only have time to use one indicator it's that what they're saying is a lie. Yeah, it's a great it's it's a great uh, compass toward the truth. It, it might not be perfectly accurate every single time, but it's a good general direction. Mm. So we'll find out anyway. Uh, let's see. Uh, well, and thank you to the callers tonight. Appreciate everybody. And uh, thanks for your patience. If you were not able to get in, uh, if you are looking to participate in the show, but you're having trouble getting in, or perhaps you can't participate live, of course, send us an email question. Uh, contact page of the website, mattchristensenmedia.com slash contact. Look for the call-in show question form. We'll respond to those at the end of the stream each week, as we will right now. I, knew, I do see we have a good volume of them, so we'll have to keep it brief, even though I break that rule every single time I utter it. But, Do you know uh, what just happened? I'm what? sorry. I'm distracted. I got a, a, a message from my friend in high school who just saw me on Netflix. <laughs> like incidentally? Mm-hmm. Does this person talk to you frequently? Every once in a while. Okay. But then she's like, I did see that video that you made about St. Louis, like uh, St. Louis in high school. Yeah. And inner city buzzing. So now we're talking about it. Is she, what's she saying? You were right or? Well, no, I mean, um, I uh, I don't want to out her or anything. Yeah, we were right. really... It's just amazing. Like, she's not saying anything bad to me. But yeah. people that I knew my whole life saw that video and then messaged me and they were like, you're racist. And like, what I said was true. It was the yeah. environment that we grew up in. You're the one that, that has changed here. I'm talking the way that everybody, all millennials talk to each other before everything became all woke. Yeah. And that's why it's a novel. This just, this whole thing pisses me off. It's like... <laughs> God, everybody's insane, except for me. And probably you. You're fine. Well, thanks for giving me a little credit. I appreciate it. Stupid Ron Howard. God damn it. <laughs> All right, let's do it this. Was, and as we mentioned, if people people didn't see, we did play that clip on the show. It's whatever Ron Howard's like internet radicalization show on Netflix is. And it wasn't, you would think it would be a cool blonde clip where she says something really edgy. Instead, it was just I don't like, even remember what it was, but feminism it was something is way, bad. <laughs> it was way generic. Yeah. And it had to be that video where my makeup looks so crazy. 
Ah, it, yeah, it was like uh, aggressive eye makeup, right? So aggressive. I got to mute myself. All right. Uh, the the no name on this question, but the the question is the idea that the Internet has become a public forum or the new public square has come up on the show. I believe that if a company is publicly traded, then it's reasonable to hold it to some standards. Do you think this is a good distinction? Um, well, I, I don't know that the distinction of publicly traded versus privately held matters to me all matters that much because from a constitutional there's, perspective, yeah, private, it's still yeah. it's still private property. It's still private property of the shareholders. And um, as much as I hate the anti-speech direction that many of these platforms have gone, I'm not at all convinced that some congressional committee will regulate these things to be better from a free speech perspective than they are currently. I know that's unsatisfying because I would like to have a clear solution to this one that respects one that respects property rights while also upholding free speech values as a country. But unfortunately you can't, I just don't know that you can forcibly uphold free speech values. Either people hold that value or they don't. And if they don't, that value won't survive. And I really think that's where we are as a culture. I, other than trying to convince people that that is the proper value to hold, that when you see a tweet that you hate, the react, the proper response is mute that person, don't look at it if you don't like it, but the proper response is not deleting them off the internet and silencing yeah. their ability to speak. So I don't know. I mean, I don't think you're way off base to, to want some sort of pro-free speech enforcement or accountability. I'm just not sure that uh, that 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 the government mechanism or particularly the federal government mechanism is the one, the justified way to do it. And two, the practical way to do it. These people, if you want to see these platforms get worse, put Elizabeth Warren in charge of it, you know? Yeah. And I would rather, even though we're getting smoked in this way, uh, social norms dictate um, the behavior on public platforms. I like that because we'll be able to turn that around so long as it's not legally enshrined, hmm. we can we can turn the culture around and then just start shaming people and canceling them for being pro tranny or something. You know how much <laughs> I would love to ruin someone's life because they support gender transitioning of children. I wonder. I'm trying to. Th- I, I I grant the point that you probably would enjoy that, uh, wouldn't you? These people are doing really I, evil. Well, I love things. I love the I love the internet fight. I mean, I grant the point that what they're doing is fundamentally immoral and, and ought to be called out, of course. But I love the internet fight just from an entertainment perspective too. Maybe um, rather than than the the metaphorical stick of enforcement, and I don't know if this is what the question asker is getting at. Maybe he's thinking of other things. Is it possible that maybe there's some kind of incentive structure? Could we just say? We want a digital public square, and if a private entity wants to do that, we'll allow you to do that tax-free or something like that. I don't really like playing tax favorites, but maybe there's a way to incentivize someone with actual skill in running this sort of platform to do it, and as an incentive from as an incentive to uphold free speech standards, there's something like that, some sort of bonus that they get i still sort of hate that too though because it's like yeah why should they be why you're building a business why should you be under different rules just because the government likes the business that you're building or something like that but we do it all the time we do it all the time in the forms of in the form of certain tax breaks certain subsidies i don't know i mean i have to move on because i don't have a great answer to this one i'm stumped Ishmael Riviere. I don't even know if I can answer this. Um, what's the better cultural strategy, John Doyle's authoritarian government or Eric July's decentralized government structure? Hmm. Seeing as how I have no familiarity with either of these people. Do you? 
I'm loosely familiar with Eric July. John, John Doyle. Doyle, I've heard the name referenced on the show, but I don't know his his thinking. Can I extrapolate just based on the content of this question, you think? Authoritarian well, government yeah. or decentralized government structure? I don't think so, because if I answer this, I'm just probably just going to mischaracterize what yeah, I, I certainly wouldn't answer this question with reference to those guys because I don't know what they've said. And so I wouldn't want to attribute rightness or wrongness to them without understanding their perspectives. That said, based on the description, of course, I'm going to choose a decentralized government structure for reasons that we talk about all the time. Perhaps you might disagree. I don't know. But strangely, I'm going to agree with you hmm. because I don't think that we will ever accomplish i was listening to legal man the other day and he's like the reason voting is stupid is that you are given this false impression that if you win things are going to change when really the next guy when you lose they're just going to undo what you've done and i think authoritarian government is probably of the same thread Mm. where if you if you can control society through authoritarianism that you know the next guy that's a leftist authoritarian a a communist is just going to undo um everything that you've done when so we, I suppose decentralized government is the better way to protect people's individual rights and freedom. <laughs> and the value of your vote too. The 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 closer <laughs> the closer your vote is to the actual people or policies for whom you're voting, the more influential it is. The reason that your vote effectively does not matter on the federal level is because it's diluted so much. You're you're you're, yeah. you're one grain a uh, grain of sand uh, on the beach instead of you know one guy in your neighborhood of uh, a few hundred <laughs> or a thousand people, something like that. Uh, your turn. Gnostic, agnostic, gnostic are uh, are uh, our typical drug enhanced question asker, right? Mm. Uh, no deep mystical question this week. Oh, well, I spoke too soon. But what do you think of the constitutional? What do you think is the po- uh, constitutional purpose of SCOTUS broadly and day to day? My understanding is they take cases and strike down unconstitutional laws, and then Congress has to pass an amendment to the Constitution to have legitimacy to de- to defy the SCOTUS ru- uh, ruling. Another SCOTUS uh, later overrules, and the state passes an amendment outside of the federal government's main branches entirely. Well, I guess I'm confused by the question. Do you- what do you what think is, is or what what do I think the role of the court ought to be? Because those are totally different questions. I mean, yeah. what do I think that, that they do? I think that they chronically legislate from the bench based on their own um, personal ideologies. Yeah. What do I think they should do? Um, I think they should set case precedent and avoid um, uh, projecting their own indoctrination onto the legal system. Well, that's uh, for it to function in the way that it currently functions. They do have to have a almost inhuman adherence to the text of the Constitution. And that's it. It's not that it's impossible, but very few people actually do that. And that. Yeah. Well, yeah. uh, I think I think Thomas is great. Like I would trust Thomas to do that sort of thing. But. If it's if it's not reliably done, then you have the question of does the court have too much power Overall, should that sort they, of thing just not be possible? And then you get into the territory of is judicial review itself proper, proper constitutionally or proper just as a matter of wisdom, mm-hmm. uh, the wisdom of that policy. And when I say judicial review, I mean su- the Supreme Court's ability to review a law and declare it unconstitutional. Mm. Is that, in fact, a misunderstanding? 
and I've mentioned this a few times on the show. It it's that dates back to 1803 Marbury versus Madison. I'm not a scholar on that topic, but it's an area of constitutional law that I have increasing interest and I need to read more on um, because I know there's a whole branch of legal theorists who think that that's actually incorrect. And to the base point, it's not like this. But that they shouldn't they shouldn't be um, making distinctions about constitutional intent, that they have no power for judicial review at all, at all. It's not it's not stated in the Constitution. It's inferred and established by that case. Mm. And the question is, is that the intent? Of the constant number one is that the constitution's intent number two is that a wise policy because we do have effectively a a, a, a an unelected bench of dictators it, whatever the they decide lawyers. is yeah is, is national policy and when they are uh, are are faithful to the constitution that's not necessarily a problem but the fact that they have the power not to be is, that a is a problem. Well, I mean, the Constitution was meant to be a standalone document that outranks any political leadership. Yeah. Uh, it, so, so I suppose that, that that's the answer, right? Well, I, I, as I said, I have to look more into this because I'll, <clears throat> if I say more, I'll, I'll get into areas that are beyond my understanding, and I'll just sound stupid. But uh, it's something that I want to learn more about because I, I'm st- over time, I'm starting to think that that the power of the court was never. This level of power for the court was never what the framers intended, but perhaps yeah. I'm wrong. No, I'm sure they did not intend this. Yeah. Uh, Christopher Pagano, Pagano, Pagiano, Christopher <laughs> Spaghetti. Um, Pagano is a pretty basic name. It's like six know, letters. Man. That's not even that hard. You can, there's a lot of things you can spell with six letters that don't make any sense. <laughs> Do you censor the questions you receive or only pick the ones you want to answer? The reason is I sent two in over the course of one month. And you never answered them once. They were under my morally insane name. I was hoping you would read my joke. What's the difference between Batman and a black man? Batman can go out, out at night without Robin. Wow. Um, I, I put almost everything in the outline. Things that I skip. I don't do any comments. I'll skip you if you... Um, have put a link in that requires us to read something before we answer the question. It's just too time consuming. Uh, we'll never get to it. I'll, I won't put questions in that are way too long usually unless you're dangerous spaces. Um, and if I don't like it, then I don't put it in. <laughs> it is blonde's discretion. Um, though in fairness, I, I guess we don't have like uh, specific rules, but uh, being brief and concise is appreciated. And there are certain limitations to what we're able to do. I can't do an entire homework. Assi- and I'm not saying you did this, Mr. Pagano, but when we get really lengthy questions or links to really long documents, I can't do an entire homework assignment to prepare. Well, for- he clearly did something wrong. If I, well, if he I must didn't have. put his that's question the, in twice. That's the, yeah. that's the only, Oh, I guess it was twice, but yeah. Once that might be an accident. Probably not though. Okay. So twice you did something where I'm like, I'm not reading this on air for whatever reason. Be shorter and more racist jokes. That's how you do it. Yeah. And if you said anything that offends my sensibilities, then, you know, see the rules are very clear. So clear, uh, (laughs) clear as the, um, role of the Supreme court and indicating hello to blonde because too often and left out of greetings. Thank you. Best conception is tiny human argument. Ask pro abortion person at what point they precisely their race or ethnicity is decided. Mm. They'll always say at conception. Final That's question. very interesting. I hadn't thought of that angle. 
if this was not the case, why do a Japanese couple not have a black baby? Why don't a white couple have a black baby? Why does a black father pass dominant genes onto their children? There'd be no races. There would simply be humans. How can a disease be hereditary on the father's side of the family? Yes. And if you're going to go a step further than that, well, okay, here, I'll steal me on this. People would say um, that there are hereditarily predetermined aspects of your uh, personal characteristics, your propensity for disease that are determined before uh, the sperm even meets the egg, that are contained within the egg that has been contained within you, that has been contained within your mother. Hmm. Um, and nobody is making a, an abortion argument for birth control that doesn't have a post-fertilization effect. Like nobody's saying that condoms are abortions. Uh, yeah, well, that's, I've heard it presented as a caricature of a, of a conservative view, but I've never heard anyone never heard sincerely, well, I, I, isn't the, um, and I don't, I don't know, but when people say like the church is against contraception is that does, that does or does not include condoms, but they, they don't, they wouldn't call oh, it no, abortion. Like, no, they, but you're, but it is an anti-life act. Hmm. So like in the Catholic church, you are not supposed to masturbate you hmm. are not supposed to have any kind of sex that couldn't possibly result in a child so like withdrawal is off the table but they wouldn't and call those things sh- abortion they would call them anti-life okay um right and then they believe that conventional birth control is abortive in nature all birth control hormonal a- oh a hor- okay all right is abortive in nature. Well, how, so. But if if the life is never well, I guess I, that's probably a question deeper. I than will we explain have time this to, to you if you want me to. I, well, I can do it we quickly. we are tight on time, and ah, we do damn. have a lot more. Okay. But so it, it's one that may come up again. Um, but okay, I, I, I to the uh, to Ninja Kitty. Um, that's a that's an interesting point. I hadn't thought of that one. So thanks for bringing that up. Uh, Blonde's mom. Blonde, last week talking about the possibility of going on TimCast, you mentioned your open racism. I was just joking. If you were to appear on the show, how do you think you would play it? Would you politely adjust for their audience or continue making thinly veiled comments about blacks and Jews? (laughs) Or because it's a wider audience, crank it up to 11 and get Tim canceled. I am always respectful of the audience that I'm going into, so I would definitely tone it down. Hmm. Like I would not bring this energy. And I also, I was joking about the open racism. The, The irony of this is that I'm actually not racist. I hate to do this like I have a black friend defense, you know. <laughs> um, but I believe that people do best and live the most harmoniously in the world with the least amount of interracial conflict when borders, even if that includes racial borders, when they're respected. Hmm. Um, and I don't think that that's a racist view. I don't well, believe I'm a racist person. I don't look at myself and I'm like, oh, I'm racist. I don't feel that way about myself. Yeah. I, I, this is not f- for me to say I fully endorse that view or not, but it is for, for me. Uh, this is recognition that there is a, a perspective there that that is very much pro-peace, pro-everybody getting along, pro-safety, pro-all of those. It's not about like, I I want people to suffer and die, which is no. how it's always portrayed the the logic is that uh human uh prosperity is best achieved among homogenous societies and i i don't know that i subscribe to i don't want to i don't want to view race or ethnicity as an organizing principle but i but i'm not going to sit here and tell you that 
multiculturalism clearly results in peace 10 out of 10 times when all the observable evidence tells me otherwise. Right. So, and I think that that kind of viewpoint paired with, um, my own racial pride, which I'm not going to deny. I mean, I think it's that, that I'm not a self-hating white person. Like I, I am a proud white person because white people have accomplished a lot. People of European heritage where I'm from have, have had some of the most beautiful art, interesting literature. Like, I'm proud of of my racial heritage in the same way that most black people are in the same way that most sure. Asian people are. Um, and I'm not going to be apologetic for that or like hate myself. I'm not doing that. You know? Well, and it, 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 we all understand there's only one race that is supposed to. And I, yeah. I, I say that I, I, I don't consider my racial identity to be of priority to me. I don't, I don't know that I would say that I consider it a, a source of pride or something. But I am not I'm certainly not going to apologize for it or feel like I owe someone something because of it. And as someone who obviously I hate inconsistency, I hate rules for some people, but not others. And clearly we have all sorts of pride as we see blasted in our faces for the various months of the year, whether they're racial or along other demographic lines. But this kind of pride makes you a piece of shit and irredeemable human, a plague on society. And I resent that. And like, I, we talk about this all the time. We've said it so many times. I did not give a shit about being white or being (laughs) English and Scottish. Like I didn't care about any of this stuff until people started telling me I was bad. And then I was like, all right, I guess this is going to be a thing. Yep, That's the, uh, uh, that, that was the Gavin line that, that, uh, that was, he said many funny things, but when he said that, he said, uh, I didn't really think of myself as a white guy until he told me, he started telling me that we suck. And then I looked it up and we made all the coolest shit. Yeah. And ended slavery all over the world. Except so, for Libya, that's on us. Ooh, sorry, that's on Hillary. She's yeah. not. We 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 don't have to include Hillary. <laughs> yeah, but it is an an, an instance of uh, of white people instituting black slavery. slavery. I don't know all the specifics of that, but I know uh, our meddling had a hand in uh, some poor outcomes. Uh, I, there, I'm informed. There wasn't slavery under Gaddafi, was there? Uh, I don't know. I don't know all the history, but I know that we had some. Some some problems emerged as a result of our meddling. Yeah. Uh, do you want to read the next? Yeah. One? Joe Biden's dentures. The other pair. Several weeks ago, you had a question about whether technology makes humans weaker. While technology undeniably brings us many benefits, it also makes us dependent upon it. Should we as a species be deprived of that technology for long enough? Would we survive? How long would the average American last if the global electric grid became permanently crippled? Through some catastrophic event. Yes, that is a uh, completely fair point and um, one that we should all be conscious of. And I, I, as we were just talking about, I love technology. I love all the cool, all the cool things that make my life awesome on a day to day basis, including the computers and the Internet that allows me to do this. I think it's great. Would you die? I I think I would have a better chance than the average man. The average individual, yeah. But. I don't think I would have as good of a chance of survival as say a frontiersman from the early to mid 1800s or something like well, that. Well, None of us would, uh, but Except the point, for Owen Benjamin, He'll be- <laughs> I think the point is you don't have to reject technology, but you do have to be mindful that you have to be mindful of exactly what the, the question asker is saying that if you are dependent on it and it is deleted, you're screwed. And so what I'm trying to do is enjoy technology and all of the great things it brings while being mindful of that and thinking about ways that I can develop my skills in a more 
a, a more primitive sense, I suppose, that if right. all of those things were deleted, that I could still have a chance. And that's why I want to get into some hunting stuff. And that's why I want to get into some more basic skills. I mean, my whole life has been, I've been trained to think about things and that's all I do for a living is think about things and talk about them, which I love doing. And I'm very grateful to be able to do, but I don't know how to do shit with my hands. I don't know how to build something. I don't know how to fix something. That's a problem because if, if things get bad, uh, there's not a lot, there's not a big market for guys who can sit around and philosophize about bullshit. There is a market for a guy who can fillet themselves. (laughs) There is a market for people who can build things and hunt and keep people safe and do all of those things. So that's why you just have to be conscious about building those skills. Well, that's not necessarily true. Philosophy will build a new world. Well, I'm going to need someone to go get the food for me. That's the problem. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You'll be okay. I think. Yeah. Um, Blaine says, uh, let's say you wanted to help a friend commit a hoax hate crime. What would, Oh, Oh God, I've been hmm. waiting for somebody to ask me this question. What would you do and how would you get away with it? A successful hoax hate crime requires both that you avoid police suspicion and get paid. Mm, that changes things. All right. You got to find another way to get paid besides a GoFundMe because it is truly the hallmark of a hoax hate. Now, when we what say I get do, paid by, so it's get paid by the public or get, it doesn't matter. It doesn't oh. specify. So what I would do here is, um, elaborate insurance scam. Ooh. That's the way you get paid without drawing suspicion for the hoax hate. Other things that I've seen that have been very successful in hoax hate crimes are um killing animals in the in the scam. So like that I would borders lock my on dogs real though. Like there's a there's an actual victim in that. He said all he said was a successful hoax hate crime. All right, all right. Avoid police suspicion and you get paid. Yeah. If you really want to avoid police suspicion, especially in an arson investigation, you leave your cat. In There's the got to be a sacrificial ghost. There's got to be a cat, sacrificial cat here. Yeah. I probably couldn't do it to my dogs, but a cat. I don't care about cats. Um, avoid police suspicion. Uh, you can't do it in like a predominantly white neighborhood um, or a wealthy neighborhood. You've got to be a minority well it's gotta be a real gang war i think so let me think about this you go um does it count to bait is it a hoax if i bait a real one that is to say to build off your idea let's say i move to uh i don't know i rent out a nice apartment in uh oakland or a no, place it like has that to be real and i put a uh giant confederate flag no (laughs) hoax hate not baiting of real hate but i i no the bait was the hoax uh, all right that's too technical okay uh no i agree that that the the trouble with today's hoaxes is number one they're lazy as you frequently complain about but number two the victimization is never that severe it's like my driveway got spray paint on it there's got to be more severe property damage and or human damage for me to consider buying it. So you're going to have to figure out a way for someone to actually get their ass kicked and not Jesse Smollett style. I mean like visible, obvious injuries requiring treatment. You're going to have to have property damage that is more significant than just you can scrub off in an hour's time or something like that. And Um, you need to live somewhere where it's feasible that something like this could happen. Like I'm not saying racism doesn't exist in America, but like, you can't do the South because they're accustomed with living with black people. 
You, I would go to Appalachia or something like that, like some real deliverance land. And then be like an open homosexual with monkeypox and say you got dragged behind a truck or something like that. Like that, that is kind of like, okay. I, I would actually say this may sound preposterous, but if I was going to try to do this, I would say you, you kind of do what Jesse did, but you actually follow through on it. You, you actually do the ass kicking. Like if you hire people to actually commit a serious crime, um, then it could be believable. That's the, that's the only way. I don't know, man. I think you're never going to get away with it from the minority angle. It's got to be. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so you're a tranny and you're prostituting yourself and Mm -hmm. then you get the shit beat out of you legitimately. Yeah. Okay. that's real hate, though. Yeah. You you get somebody to beat you up. Okay. you pretend to be a tranny and you blow a guy and then he kicks your ass. Is that a hoax? And then he kicks your ass. Okay, (laughs) I'm fine with that. All right. And then he kicks your ass and then you have a GoFundMe. Okay, we solved it. So just fake tranny. Yeah. We're like, we are really late. Let's talk about yes. tranny prostitutes. Short on time. Hidden. What is this? Hidden. Is this a real word? That's not even a real word. N-I-G-U-R-E-S. Figures. figures with an N. Yeah, that's not a word. Matt, do you ever read comments in your movie reviews? If so, have you ever changed your opinion? No, not really. Not just because of... I don't... It's not a movie review thing that I avoid comments. Honestly, I I generally avoid comments on most things that I make, not because I don't appreciate comments. Uh, I very much do. And thank you if you're the sort of person who comments positively or negatively. I'm not saying thanks for kissing my ass here. I welcome critical comments, too. That's fine. The reason I avoid them is because they, they really get in your head. And I don't want to be, at least for me, I don't want to be making a product yeah. Because of what I perceive people wanting me to make. Uh, I just don't. I, it's not that I don't want to please the audience. I do. I just I don't want to put myself as trying to figure out what what the comments want me to make or something like that. Yeah. I want to make a product that I would I myself would want to listen to. And so I try to keep that as my guiding principle. And the other problem with delving uh, diving into comments is that. When there's one that you really disagree with, the temptation to respond and get in a, a piss fight. He'll do it. Is very, I have a hard time resisting it. And that's not a good thing. It's just not a good look to be like battling someone in your own comment section. So I try to avoid it. Although there, one and only one time in the movie review segment, did I respond to a comment and it was some son of a bitch who was mad <laughs> that we didn't like fight club. And he said that our reviews bring out the worst in each of us blondes, something and Matt's inner man, baby. And but I thought people get so dogmatic oh, about fight club when it's like, Oh yeah, it's to- you're totally not a man, baby to be so offended by someone's opinion about your cherished movie that you can't handle it. Please. Dude, why do guys get such See, an erection for fight club? I don't understand. I didn't even hate fight club. I just thought it was an okay. That movie, movie sucks my balls. Yeah. So, um, so that's the only time. And uh, the one thing I do try to keep more on top of is my emails. And so if you're the sort of person who likes to communicate, I would encourage you to do it that way. Um, that's a little I, I like to do that more because it's a little more personal. And uh, I just like to have those conversations a little more behind the scenes, not like everybody looking at them and everybody piling on and that sort of thing. So thanks for the question. Uh, there is a link in this one. I thought you delete these. Yeah, I should have deleted this. I think the question is standalone. With the long march of progressives seeping ever deeper into the heartland of America, how do we get everyday normies to speak out? 
if framed correctly, I don't know many in the area who would support importing predators into the community, but the Minnesota uh, ni- nice persuade them to keep their mouth shut. Is that a typo? No, Minnesota nice is like a, a, a stereotype about upper Midwesterners where they're so polite and, and passive that they're willing to tolerate just about it. Oh, anything. Gotcha. Th- thus, you How- have little Mogadishu and Ilhan Omar in Congress. How do we get bureaucrats to break with their paymasters? You know, this has been the question of the show. I know everybody's like, don't talk about Molly Tibbetts. I don't know what to tell you. Like, I thought that before Molly Tibbetts, that if when people's kids were getting like raped by illegal immigrants, that it would cause a pitchfork mob to drive people out of this country. Uh, but instead, fucking tacos. I like tacos. We're going to get so, Alex Jones lawsuited by Molly Tibbetts' dad one of these days. That would be so funny. What an honor. What, a, what, what a, an honor. I know. Um, I didn't say she didn't get murdered. I said he should be more mad about it. Got it. Um, if if your daughter getting raped and murdered doesn't by an illegal immigrant doesn't make you start a pitchfork mob, I, I don't know. Are you Are you even a man? are you come well, on just, you almost slashed a woman's throat because she nearly hit you, you in a parking lot I, I didn't i did not almost slash her throat <laughs> that's not at all true they're actually sincerely thing, speaking there was no physical confrontation or aggression i don't know how you all, avoided it all, but you yeah. were super pissed is the point. i i said the f word i called her a fu- I, this is the other part of the story i forgot to tell i called her a fucking psycho after she yeah said she didn't care about my baby and she lectured me about language and that really set me off because i'm thinking you just told me you don't care if you run over my infant son and now you're going to be mad that i wasn't respectful to you yeah, in really. responding to that how about you earn some respect you fucking psycho this lady i like I, I, I wish your story. it was just in the moment and it, if i wish i had a recording i, I wish people could hear the conversation because it's so crazy that no it, one doubts you. I mean, it's insane. People people do insane stuff like yeah. this and then stick to their guns because they don't want to admit they made a mistake. Well, and it's that. And this is what we talked about prior to. I, I totally understand. I've not almost run over a family before, but I get it that sometimes you catch yourself going a little too fast in a place that you shouldn't. Or you're looking at your phone when you shouldn't be. I fully understand those things happen. My you family was not sorry. injured. But, you never but, do it again. But if someone talks to you about that, you have to be embarrassed and apologize. And if I oh, almost yeah. hit someone's family and they talk to me about it, that's the first thing I would say. I am very I am sorry. So sorry. That is my mistake. I am not going to do that again. And I apologize to you. And she couldn't yeah. do that. She had to dig in her heels and say that she was born and raised here. So I'm illegitimate. So it matters. Yeah. <laughs> Even Itch. though I mean, my family's been here since the late nineties. Like what do you want? Ma- I fail to see how that is even relevant. It's irrelevant. Like we both yeah. hate Californians. Great. We still have a conflict here. I know. Yeah. yeah. Um, how do we get everyday normies to speak out? Yes, I don't know. I mean, way, I guess totally unrelated to the question. All right. It's, it's not, I mean, yeah. I, I guess the, we just have to allow things to deteriorate to a, an untenable level to, to such a distasteful level for the average American that people are like, no way. Like this tranny thing might do it. Like, I don't think the black community is ever going to get on board with this. Well, yeah, I don't doubt that there are certain levels of rot that will be intolerable, but I will pose an alternative. And that is if you want other people to speak out, you start speaking out. I think as oh, we've yeah. seen a million times, throughout corona and i don't say this it's not like i've done everything i could possibly do in my local community i could have done more and i should have done more 
and hopefully next time I will. I think but you talk about this in a public forum. I know, but that doesn't necessarily help my neighbor. Who You know, it doesn't necessarily help. But it creates a culture within your community. Like, I hope people look at us and they're like, oh, okay, these people are saying what they want to and their lives aren't ruined. Yeah, there's that. And I think just as we've seen throughout, not just Corona, but a lot of the, as this cultural authoritarianism creeps, when one person is willing to stand up and say no, there's a lot of people who actually are thinking the exact same thing. They just, they are afraid they to, to do it. it. Yeah. And so if you can exhibit that leadership, you're going to, you're going to have some people back you up. I promise you that yeah. it's hard to yeah. be that guy. It's hard to be the first, but, um, but it does, it does, it does matter and you should do it. Not a personal story to that effect. Um, and again, this is not like patting myself on the back. Oh, hero me. No, this is an example of just little things that you do that influence the thinking of others. When masks, uh, this was early in the mask phase and everybody was masking because the mandates were in place and the signs were on the store doors. And at the grocery store, I just said, no, nah, I'm not doing that. Yeah. And I walked around and nobody gave me any hassle for that. But there was a little boy with his mom and he asked his mom, Mom, how he's not wearing a mask. How come I have to wear this this stupid thing? And I don't know what his mom said. His mom might have said because he's an evil, bad guy. But it's just it's an example of one person, in this case, probably like a 10 year old boy seeing that and thinking, well, this is fucking dumb. Like what? Yeah, I'm not doing it. If that guy's not doing it, I'm not doing this. It, Who knows? It led him down a rebellious path. And, and now he's dead from a heroin overdose, actually. And. <laughs> I saved a life. At least he didn't die of Corona. No, but, but that matters for adults too. And, and it's, um, it, that was a kind of a fun stage because you'd be walking around a place like a grocery store and you'd see, you know, another guy without a mask and you'd kind of nod at each other. I see, I, I see you over there. Um, yeah. and nothing enrages me more now, now that we're well beyond this to see adult male peers still wearing masks. Yeah, I hate pussies. I, guess, I don't care if you actually have AIDS and cancer. Take that shit off your face. I know. I, know. I can't stand it. Anyway. Uh, Zazie McTazbot. Am I up for, am I up on this? No, it's that guy over there. Um, oh yeah. Sorry. From uh, any relative in your family history. Does that mean like distant ancestors? No. What would you like to ask them? Oh, I know, because I've done a bunch of ancestry. So I have this relative, Willis Hargraves. I've talked about him on the show before, but I was reading all about him. He was a Kentucky salt miner, and he had a large plantation. He owned a bunch of slaves. Not only was he um, a major advocate for the Confederacy, but he tried to go to Illinois, I believe, and make sure that slavery uh, stood the test of time there. He actually went to another state to try to preserve slavery. He was an evangelizing Confederate. Is that what you're saying? He was an evangelizing <laughs> Confederate. Yes. And owned many slaves. So I'd like to talk to him about like what the narrative now is surrounding the civil war hmm. and from like a moral perspective, how he could find that position defensible, because I bet it would be a lot more reasonable than we're led to believe. I do have a fascination with, um, like if I, I I would love to hear the voices of that time describe yeah. the conflict. Um, I bet it's totally different than what we've read. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I I have no doubt about that. Um, I don't know that much of my family history to be honest, so it's hard for me you to pick. Like get on ancestry, man. To pick a sp but then does it is Susan the twenty three? Susan's sister is she twenty three and me or is she ancestry? Which one does she have? Twenty three. Ancestry. It, it's not collecting any of your genetic data. Oh, okay. 
Um, it's all Scandos, like 20 generations of Scandos just being polite to each other. <laughs> That's my dad's side. Uh, my and mom's making side. making pickled herring or whatever My they mom's do. side, I, I don't know as much about. There's more German on that side. I don't, I don't know the full I history. I bet it's really interesting. You should check it out. Um, so it's hard for me to comment, but I suppose, I mean, I know that like a lot of my dad's side came to Minnesota from Denmark in like the early 1900s. Um, and what about your grandma? You've talked about her. Would you like to ask her anything now that she's mm. dead? Well, she's been gone for my paternal grandma has been gone for about five years now, but she was pretty with it through the end was of her life. Was she the tough Danish lady? Yeah. I mean, like she was, that? she was just a small Danish lady and her, her house was full of all sorts of like Danish trinkets and little Danish. I wonder what she would have thought about COVID. She had this little plaque that said, you can always tell a Dane, but you can't tell him much. Which I think is, <laughs> I think is sort of true of me, you know. Don't tell me what to do. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I probably, I maybe I would revert to my grandma because um, there were, I was sort of late to get married. I suppose I was sort of late to arrive at family life. And one thing my grandma would always say to me: next time you come see me, I want you to bring a special lady with you, you know. And uh, I never, she never did get to meet my wife. I didn't meet my wife until a little bit after that grandma died. So I suppose just to be personal, it might be nice to have that, uh, you know, closing conversation. But oh, um, what was your name? Marion. Oh, that's pretty. Yeah. Maybe you'll have a little girl next. Do you know? Um, this is a. a uh, I don't know. This might be too. I, I guess I could share this story. It's a little personal, but it's one thing that really that really bothers. Like it just sticks to me. The last conversation I ever had with my paternal this grandma was she called me. Um, this was like November 2017, and she died December 2017. So right before her death, she had been uh, called by someone claiming to be me, telling her that I had crashed a car. Grandma, this is Matt. I've crashed my car because I was yes. drinking and I need money. Don't tell my mom and dad whatever you do. <gasps> what and, a good scam. And my my grandma, because, you know, my grandma would do anything for me, but she was uh, she was a lady of modest means. It's not like she had it's not like she was sitting on some giant bank account. She was cutting the check to give it to these people. She she was in an assisted living situation, so she had some help and the helper stopped her from from sending that's out this so money good. and that's great but it just it i mean it bothers me that that was my last conversation with my grandma was some kind of scamming situation but what really bothers me is that there are people out there who would prey on that sort of relationship like you have yeah. to be the biggest piece of shit to try to trick people's grandmas into cutting you a check for like a grand or something like oh, that yeah. I mean, what the yeah. hell is wrong with you but people lack integrity yeah but uh yeah that's yeah. man i uh, Hmm. Unfortunate circumstances, but uh, yeah, but it could have been worse. She could have cut the check. I know anyway. that helper. Good for that person because they're probably onto all these old lady scams. Yeah. Well, is it any consolation to you that she would be very proud of you? I hope so. Thank you for saying that. But uh, and I'm sure she'd be I, she'd be very happy and proud to see the family that I have now. I'm, I'm I have no doubt. And perhaps she is. Perhaps she is seeing it now. I don't know. Oh, this but, make uh, me emotional. Yeah. Um. Zazzy McTazbot. Did I just say something? I don't know. <laughs> Bundle of sticks doesn't roll off the tongue very well, but silly butt fucker does. It brings up a visual. There isn't a good way that gays are not silly or butt fuckers. Is this, is there a question here? Did I read it's this? Just, it, it's just a, a whole series of funny 
Nicknames. Also, I call the trans turbo fags. I kind of like that. Try it out with your friends. We're struggling to get some people people to call anything what they are. What can we do to take the language back? Didn't some guy write a book about this in 1984? Okay. Yes, I, I agree. And I think I, I hear a lot of comments that I say faggot too much for shock value. But I do this ah. for a reason. And I've talked about this on the show before. I think that it's important that we use offensive colloquialism conversationally or we just lose that part of the culture and then we become woke. It's Once how it faggot happens. is taken away, I'm out. That's civil war For time. For real. You I, can't I take know. faggot. I say it way more than I need to. I mean, <laughs> but we are in the era of monkeypox. Like if I can't say faggot a few times every show, why am I even doing this? Like why? Um, but I think it is important. I mean, I think it's important to talk, you know, both of us are 34. Like think of the way that we talk to each other unencumbered when we were in high school. And that is the way that we need to continue doing this. We grew up in a golden era of gamer speak IRL. And I think it did a lot for our characters. This woke thing is just a scourge on humanity. And the way you take the language back is by calling your buddy a faggot. I, yeah. Fair point. I grant it. Let's see. Uh, Yeah, Dangerous. I couldn't think of a funny name. Spaces. So you guys have been reviewing movies for more than a year. And honestly, I love uh, the uh, the audience freakouts over the review as much as uh, as much, if not more than the review themselves. But uh, what I thought would be interesting is understanding why you give the films the rating that you do. I know Matt has said, uh, for example, he rates movies highly if they make him think afterward. But what does that even mean? Most movies are not designed for some deep philosophical examination post viewing. Um, and marking them down for that seems kind of unfair. Are you maybe considering how well they work in their genre, such as comedy that does or doesn't make you laugh? Are you considering acting, how beautiful it's shot, how, how well it keeps your interest? Maybe you're considering things that I've not even mentioned so far. I also ask because Matt seems like he has a personality type that really tries to analyze things thoroughly. And I wonder uh, if that sometimes makes him overthink things when it comes to films. Would love to understand your process for deciding how much you like or dislike That's a film. That's such a good question. It's um, to be completely honest, there's inherent subjectivity to it. It's yeah. there. And I think that's true for anybody. Uh, you could try to, my problem with trying to set like a specific set of criteria how well how well was it shot? How did it make me laugh? The trouble is movies can do things amazingly well that you didn't even know were possible or you haven't seen before. And so trying to score it according according to say like five set pieces of criteria. Uh, and I'm you know, I'm not saying that's what you're asking me to do. I'm just there, there's a reason I've sort of avoided doing that. What I what I mean when I say what matters to me is how much I think about it later is because that's the most important piece of criteria for me. It doesn't mean that you might have a different piece of criteria and you might say, well, I like movies that make me laugh a lot, or I like movies that are visually beautiful. And that's what makes me think about them later. Um, to me, it's sort of philosophical dilemmas or moral, moral issues that make me think about these things later. But when I say think about it later, I think that kind of crosses pieces of criteria that you might think about a movie later because it was shot in such a beautiful way that you're fascinated by that. And so it occupies your mind after you've watched it and you might want to go back and watch it again. The jokes might be so great that they stick in your mind and you reference those jokes all the time. Uh, or in my case, it might be some kind of philosophical or moral lesson or, or, 
uh, paradox or dilemma that causes you to think about it. That's what I mean is whatever your criteria is or are, that it's something that occupies your mind later and you don't just immediately forget about it. Because if it's whatever your personal metrics of judgment are, if you immediately forget about the movie after the fact, that kind of tells you it didn't have any effect on you. It didn't really do anything. So who cares? Um, That's what I'm trying to get at. And I think that there's inherent subjectivity to that because what makes you think after the fact about it is going to be different than what makes me think about it after the fact. But as long as there's some reflection, something that keeps it, in your mind, I take that as a mark of a quality product, personally. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I, it does kind of rub me the wrong way. Like, like Airplane within its own genre was like a fantastic film. But I can't, I just couldn't give it a five out of five because that's just what I gave Falling Down. Mm-hmm. That's why I didn't give it a five out of five. And they're, they're both perfectly enjoyable movies. I, I don't think Airplane's a bad movie. But I can't sit here and tell you that I thought as much about airplane gags as I did about who the bad guy in falling down really is. And that's I I share that view. That's that's what matters to me that. But yeah, I mean, what matters to me is not what matters to everybody. And that's why it's kind of a fun bit. And that's why people get upset when they're what matters to them is disregarded. Agreed. Um, Nobody's going to get everything right. Oh, we should hustle through these. All right. Um, Yeah. Sorry. Do you think politics could all be a big show and both sides are playing a role to keep us distracted? Totally. Yes. I hate to Why do you s- think I'm checked out? Because it's like, this is all st- like I talk about something that all the time that isn't even real. <laughs> and that's, uh, I, I don't mean to give you such a simple answer, but I, I think it's yes. The, the, and that's uh, a big reason why I think it's foolish to think that we're just going to send the right people to DC to fix all of this. Again, that's yeah. not to say don't vote at all. But don't vote at all. I just don't believe the solution is coming from D.C. D.C. is nothing but an entrenched set of powers. And the people who control those levers of power are never going to give them up, whether they are more inclined to agree with you or be sympathetic to you or not. And so, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a big show. Kevin. Kevin, do either of you listen to PBD podcasts? If not, I recommend a recent episode with Joe Walsh, congressman from Illinois. It was very entertaining listening to a Republican get extremely upset when he's called a Democrat for supporting Biden and not regretting it currently, the other episodes are great watches with other politicians and just random people covering random topics, mostly in the news. I don't Thank you. I don't even know what VPD podcast is. is. So I have to punt that question, but thank you for the recommendation. We're going to have to book you through these questions. Sorry, All right. Guys. Yeah. Um, Let's go. Nathan, Mariology, sacraments, indulgences, confessional, infant baptism, liturgical rites, the Eucharist, sainthood, the Pope. All of these are just man's doctrines and traditions created by the old Catholic establishment. I think you instinctively know this to be true. These are all just obstacles between us and Christ. Why do you continue to cling to Catholicism? Well, I think that there are um, lots of, there's lots of biblical support for sacraments, confessionals, infant baptism, liturgical rites, the Eucharist, sainthood. Uh, The Pope, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, And that is something that I'm hung up with in terms of... um, my relationship with Catholicism. I I cling to Catholicism because uh, in terms of expression of biblical truths and upholding Christianity, I, I do believe that it is the purest form. I think it was adulterated by Luther. Uh, and so I, I just don't think that Protestantism is the is the most direct path to an understanding of Christ. 
Um, I mean, I'm, I'm of course willing to listen because I'm not a biblical scholar. I am uh, new to all of this, even though I've been a Catholic my whole life. Uh, so, you know, I'm open to it, but um, I don't instinctively know that to be true. I think that's, that's false. Uh, thank you, Nathan. Kitchen sink. What items are on the top of your list to buy if the NFA and GCA get repealed? Suppressors and select fire AK are high on my list. Also, just shout out to the Firearms Policy Coalition. There are no bullshit pro 2A groups. The NRA should have seen all of these years, been all of these years. That's for <laughs> the, you. Uh, yeah, the, uh, if people are curious about uh, gun rights groups that are actually doing the work, I'm a big fan of, um, of GOA. Gun Owners of America and the Firearms Policy Coalition as well. Uh, they've both been very active on lawsuits that have actually had some degree of success in recent years and fighting things on principle like the bump stock ban and your California uh, uh, high capacity magazine restrictions, not giving up on places like California. I appreciate. Um, but uh, so, yeah, agreed on the shout out to them. And Firearms Policy Coalition is one of the best follows on Twitter. They just respond to every gun control activist saying, fuck you, no, which is which is great. Uh, as far as what I would get. So these the laws being repealed are the, the National Firearms Act and the Gun Control Act um, in general. National Firearms Act restricting things like short belt rifles, short belt shotgun suppressors, uh, etc. So I, I I'm actually pretty satisfied with my gun collection currently and you know with uh, a family to raise um i don't have as much uh recreational spending as i used to uh not to mention the state of the economy cautions one against such recreational spending but um but yeah i would pick up some suppressors if i could and frankly the reason i haven't until now is because the process is so annoying i have gone through the short-barreled rifle process before um, and I know that suppressor times have greatly improved people say, but I just, mm-hmm. if I'm going to spend like a grand on a nice suppressor, a nice rifle suppressor, I don't want to pay the extra 200 bucks to the feds and deal with their whole stupid ass system along and then let it sit at the store. It's just, I've, I've balked at it every time because of the process. So, oh, and the other thing I would do every, every, every pistol I have eight, every pistol uh, would be getting a brace instead of a pistol or would be getting a stock instead of a pistol brace mm. is the other thing I would do. But mm. Okay. Uh, jogger, Jigaboo, Moon Cricket, McEnward. <laughs> One of these days I'm actually going to say it. Okay. Yeah. Hypothetical. You're in a compound post societal collapse. Three weary travelers come to the gates of your compound seeking shelter and offering to join you and work. You must kill one, accept one as your own. <laughs> and the third, you can either enslave or kick back into the wilderness. Yeah. Oh, the three travelers are Ben Shapiro, Caleb Peterson, and Milo Yiannopoulos. Oh, man. Why did you make the choices that you make? I would rather perpetuate the human race with Milo Yiannopoulos than Ben Shapiro, if he doesn't have AIDS. (laughs) You're an asshat. Um, I can't kill Michaela Peterson. She's clearly the most reasonable person out of all three of them. Wow. That's okay. That's saying something. Uh, what is wrong? So with wait, wait, you? I have to, I wait, just so I understand kill one, accept one as your own. And the third, you can either enslave or kick back into the wilderness. Okay. I guess if, if it's a, if it's a post societal collapse, I have to take a woman just for the value of the woman, as far as reproduction and all that. Right. I'm not, I'm not trying to be overly personal. Michaela It's just, we, we accept need women. One of, okay. Michaela, we accept as our own. We can both agree that we're going to kill Ben Shapiro, but, right? I, I just, I don't think his skill set is well suited to this scenario. That's what okay, I would kill say. Kill Ben Shapiro, and then to. we would 
enslave Milo Yiannopoulos. Milo is like a big, tall dude. I'm going to rely on just his physical strength over Ben. Yeah. Yeah. So he has to be enslaved. Ben's dead. Milo has to be enslaved and Michaela Peterson has to become one of us. Yeah. All right. You're an asshat. We did it. All right. Dingo, darling. Which do you fear more, a civil war or a world war? Do you think Xi and Biden's puppet master are stoking our fear of the latter to commit infringements on our civil liberties Mm. without igniting the former? I am so much more concerned about the likelihood of a civil war than a world war. I think it's infinitely more likely. Yeah, I think I think it's more likely. um, I think it would be messier, too. And I obviously I have no eagerness for, say, like a war with China because they got a lot of people to go to war with. But we would all band together and then the post war period wouldn't be as damaging to like the the morale of the country. And the boundaries are clearer, like they have to cross an entire Pacific Ocean to make this happen. Um, When you start talking about civil civil conflict. You don't know where the violence arises and who's hostile and who isn't all the time. Like you're talking neighbor to neighbor, community to community, hostilities and violence. And uh, that may or may not result in more casualties. It might be less casualties than with China just because of the sheer volume of the Chinese and their military. But I think the, the, the gruesomeness and potentially even the civilian casualties in a civil conflict probably be worse not to mention just i think there's just something inherently agonizing about fighting quote unquote your own like your own countrymen i suppose yeah um i don't know that that that's right or wrong but you know what i mean like if you see a whole bunch of foreign adverse a whole whole bunch of foreign soldiers wiped out is that going to have the same effect on you as seeing like uh quote unquote enemies within your own neighborhood wiped out even if they were on the other side i just think that's going to be such a more emotional experience to have your community ravaged in that way yep all right uh thank you for the questions guys and thanks for patience i know uh we got a little long there so thanks for sticking around um let's uh just catch up with chat we'll call it a night unless you need Uh, to take off if you do i can i can take care of chat let's just plow through these um Patrick Todd, resident lawyer here. In most states, you can run for the lowest level of judge without a law license, but trial and appeals judges need law licenses. Ah, ah. okay. Thank Bahana you for fam. clarification. Most clever here. Wanted to add, I respect your work, Matt. Not because it's not just laws, facts, and figures. You make solid arguments on logic, reasoning, and principles. Yes, I'm sleepy, not retarded. Yeah, fine. Matt is so reasonable. Thank we all you. know his reason. Uh, Tim Hammond. Thank you, Mr. Most Clever. Appreciate it. Thanks for Take calling in. Take my money. There's a veterinarian down the road from my work with a political style yard sign that says grooming services available. Was thinking about moving it downtown to the road Democrat <laughs> HQ. Please do. Take a photo if you do. I will not out you. I would love we to won't. see it. Behana fam, you talk about judges having too much power. Yes, but no. Look at SCOTUS. They made ruling on gun laws in California. Just said, yeah, no, we're going to ignore your ruling. Judges have no power of enforcement. There's truth to that, too. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true that it's not Alito who's going to go around and uh, enforce things. Enforce, yeah. yeah. It it does rely on, just like everything, it relies on a fidelity to the system and the authority structures that are supposedly legitimate within that system. Which none of us have anymore. Furious Dan. Um, With regards to tech dependence, astronauts are among the strongest and smartest of us, but in the dark of the unknown with no spacesuit, they die. In that Hmm. way, we're all astronauts now. Wow. I'm going to go split my wrists after this. Hmm. 
That's true. And that way we are all astronauts. Novin Leon, I've been following both of you since before you started your collaboration. It's been great watching your journey in pursuit of truth, but politically and spiritually, I'm rooting for both of you. Thank you so much. Well, thanks. Thank I appreciate you. that. Man, if you were following both of us before the stream even existed, that's a that's a small group of people right there. That was seven years ago. Yeah. Well, no, six. Six and change. 2016. Okay, was six and a half years is when I, I've had my channel for six and a half years. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because you did stuff before. Yeah, I see what you're yeah. saying. Before the stream even started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jimmy yeah. uh, Pete. Weirdly enough, I love when we disagree with movies. Makes me think about it from a different angle, even if you're wrong as fuck most of the time. <laughs> well, Jimmy, uh, actually, he really liked... Uh, Tra uh, no, not Training Day. That was the other Denzel one. What was the Denzel one that we hated? With uh, no, with Mike Dakota, what's her fire? face, the little girl. Yeah, Man, on, man fire. on Fire. And one of my complaints was that the ending was not revengey enough, and he just kind of died. He didn't, you know, he didn't ass blast himself and get the vengeance. There is actually another a different ending where he does blast himself. You heard it here. More ass blast. Yeah, Jimny sent me the alternate ending, and the alternate ending is way better. And okay. he actually sent me a defense of the like acid trip editing style. And I, I get his case for it. It doesn't make me like it, but I get the thinking behind it, which is appreciated. Um, okay. Just a couple more over on tippy stream. And thank you, uh, Jimny. Appreciate it. Let's see. Uh, yeah. Bedell says, I'm very disappointed with blonde's reaction to my super chat on Sunday. I'm a J word listener. I'm going to need a better reaction. You need a, He needs a better reaction. I, I, what do you? What do you want me to? My hands are tied here, man. Why don't you convert <laughs> to Christianity? Convert to Catholicism. <laughs> There's your reaction. So right. It's true. It's my duty to try to proselytize and convert the Jews. Well, there you go. The war has begun. Bane Koof says one YouTuber went blind from measles as a child. Just look for neurotoxin preservatives in, and time between vaccines should be looked at. Some are too close and can cause side effects. Yeah, I'm going to have to, I mean, we're, like I said, we're right in the, the thick of it again with, with the recommended menu of vaccines. So I got to do my true. research in the next few weeks. Mike Hawk, 420 Blazin says, you built that wall behind you. Um, just keep, just keep nurturing those skills. You'll figure it out. That's true. I did build the set behind me, but I have to confess I had the assistance of my dad. But I did That's know how not to, nothing, though. I did know how to do it without my dad. I just needed the help. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. I can like I have a a circular saw and I know how to, I have a tape measure. I know how to cut two by fours and I know how to like I can cut wood. But as far as like, you know, build a house, even build like a storage shed in the backyard, that would be an accomplishment for me. So, yeah, uh, but thank you for the uh, for the kind words. Uh, Jimny also says read a lot. uh of accounts of Nazi soldiers during World War II in Vietnam, tens of thousands of former SS fought there under the French Foreign Legion. Uh, they all believed they were opposing Bolshevism, which would otherwise conquer Europe, you know, like it did. <laughs> that's kind of a fair point, too. Um, yeah, that that's that's a whole moral dilemma with World War II as well, like to the extent that you think to the extent that some of us think that Adolf Hitler may have made a few mistakes along the way. <laughs> uh, the, what are you willing to ally with in order to stop that? And we allied with people who, at least in my estimation, 
have every single bit uh, of a moral problem, if not more, than the Nazi regime did. Um, whether you want to measure that by body count, whether you want to measure that by philosophy. And yeah, I mean, it would be interesting to see uh, how, my, how much trouble I've already gotten myself into. None. Tonight. Uh, I'm not saying I want Hitler to win. I could, I, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying, can I see the alternative? What what happened historically after? Like, who was the real? I guess what I'm saying is, who's the real enemy between Hitler and the Soviet Union? Hmm. And could we watch that play out? I think it's worthy of consideration. But anyway, thank you, Jimny. Anything else before we get out of here? No, thank you guys so much. Do you have any thoughts on whether Hitler should have won World War II? Well, he fucked up big time. Uh, just it getting was... overzealous or getting overconfident? Well, I don't know. He didn't have to go into Russia, although they were going to infiltrate Germany. But wouldn't it have been easier for him to be on the defensive? I think he was just perhaps too ambitious in the wrong arenas few problems around the edges but uh, maybe he'll get it right next time i don't know <laughs> thank you guys for hanging out with us appreciate your thoughts your contributions to the show your support for the show all of that very much appreciated of course we will be back on sunday to talk about whatever happens between now and then i expect there will be some affidavit news tomorrow so maybe we'll get to see a heavily redacted affidavit in the mar-a-lago raid case otherwise we'll find something else to talk about but of course, thank you for spending time with us in the meantime. MattChristensenMedia.com is the website if you want to find anything show related. We'll see you on Sunday. Sunday.